only one chance you have. You have no chance. If you had a chance, you'd be the one licking split. So you can't run because you're the baddest. Well, Rick Flair, you know what? I'm not a normal looking athlete myself. You know what I'm talking about? I've been in the gym's alive. It's a privilege and an honor to walk out with only Addison, Lex Luger, and the Omni tomorrow night. I am not a happy camper. What is Bully Ray's motivation? No, I love you. I know he loves sugar. But I checked my pocket. I don't have no donuts. I don't have no cheeseburger. I know you love sugar, but I ain't got none. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, pal. I'm the man. Look at a match for the total package like Luger and Super Bowl. Super Saturday, what is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Super Bowl Saturday. Super Bowl Saturday? You don't lose faith in winners. And Ric Flair day in and day out. You every day of his life. Just keep winning and winning and winning. Ric Flair! New York City, Ric Flair! You're gonna find out what hard is all about! I do exactly what I want to do. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much. Make, make, make a, a good, delicious, delicious day. God damn. I hate dogs. Hit the dog. Yes. Yes. We love you, Today, woo, I've got the star and profile like never before. You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the game, JR. All right, all right. We are streaming. We are live. It is Wednesday. We're not even as late as usual. How's that, folks? Hell yes. What is going on? It is the Thanksgiving edition of wrestling outlet good to see everybody hope everybody's doing well hope everybody's waiting to eat turkey get fat or fatter and enjoy the holiday i of course am boxman and across from me i am of course the number one jive turkey smart Wahlberg. how are you we do have a jive turkey right down there on the screen he's gonna be jiving the whole show mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we'll let him dance they were playing hot stuff on a commercial and I swear to God, this motherfucker was dancing right to the beat. Oh, of course. <laughs> so if you play hot stuff behind this Thanksgiving uh, gif, it will uh, it will dance to the beat. So there you go, folks. A little something there you can uh, you can take home and remember, cherish. Always. <laughs> anyway. All right, folks. We do have a few things, obviously, to get into tonight. Uh, we had uh, we had full gear over the weekend. We did say we were going to review Survivor Series 1987. Both of us watched it, I think. Of course. Of course, we both watched it. I actually bought Peacock again to watch this thing, so I re re upped my Peacock again, and uh, that 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 sounds bad, doesn't it? 
<laughs> the cock is back up. <laughs> yes. I got more of the cock. <laughs> All right, we're not I, doing no, not again. Not again. We're not doing this again. But, I actually had a little bit of a double feature going on because not only did I watch Survivor series on the old Peacock, I think as you might have seen on the homepage, Peacock Dunn has itself a new streaming show going on. Yes, the Teddy Hart one we uh, talked about, I believe, is what you're 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 referring to, sir. Mm-hmm. I smell another review coming. Um, actually, I am. I have one episode left to go. I did not anticipate it being three episodes, but I watched the first two, so we will definitely be talking about it at some point in time. Yeah, it's. it's I think it's only three. It's. You see, it's only three, right? Yeah, as, as far as I know, it's only three. I believe it's only three. There might be more, but I think I'm pretty sure it's just going to be three. How long are they? Uh, a little bit under an hour each. So in that 50-minute range, 53. The last one I saw was 59. So around that. I should be able to uh, catch up on those without a problem. I did see it on the home screen. I did. And, I'm, and actually, Stephen Milan actually said that we need to watch them and uh, probably do a review on them. So we'll get that done for everybody. Not Absolutely. a problem. Not a problem at all. So we'll 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 definitely get that done. And uh I will give you a brief teaser though, because it's a very it's like the very first minute of the documentary, so you're not I'm not spoiling anything. Okay. He tells him, he tells Teddy Hart that the, the guy filming him tells him that he needs a brief five second introduction. Teddy Hart cuts a two minute promo. <laughs> The guy asked him if he could do it again, but seriously keep it like under five seconds. And Teddy Hart says, no, I can't do that. <laughs> so like the first 10 minutes are like, this is nothing but here unadulterated Teddy Hart hijinks. And then it gets darker, but we'll eventually talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, uh, please don't spoil any for me. Cause I definitely <laughs> want to watch that. I really do. I think that's going to be, uh, as usual, Teddy Hart just giving more material to this show. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Thank you, Teddy Hart. All right, I'm trying to get a beer here, which I probably shouldn't be drinking. I am on new pills. But I will say, the uh, doctor gave me whatever he gave me is actually helping this time. Interesting. Yeah, it's helping a lot, to be honest with you. I'm uh, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling much better. So, um, not in pain. Driving today, even I mean, I got the I went to the doctor yesterday uh, for the same thing that I've been having the uh, groin. Let's just say groinal pain. Groinal pain. And uh, checked me out. Luckily, I didn't have to go through any more tests because he already had my stuff from the hospital, so he knew. And um, went through everything. He gave me new pills. Even a muscle relaxer. <laughs> yeah, I haven't taken it yet. I'll take it before I go to bed. And um, I'm, I, th- these pills are actually working. He said, any anytime a hospital sees the, uh, the word infection or sees an infection, you are going to get an antibiotic. It's just what they do. They give you the antibiotic so you feel better. They get you the fuck out of the building and, and, and tell you to go see your doctor. That's, that, that's just what they do, he said. But I also got a call yesterday afternoon that I need to go back Monday and discuss results with my uh, other doctor. So my weekend is now ruined. Hmm. 
Uh, it could be nothing. It could be something I don't know. But I will tell you the truth. I'm um, <laughs> I'm a little nervous, dude. I'm not going to lie. I am a little yeah. fucking nervous. I mean, that's definitely fair after everything that's been going on. I would be a little concerned, too. But mm. nothing you can do about it. So you just got to kind of wait and see what happens. Well, my wife's concerned I have permanent damage from letting it go so long. And I'm like, well, not like we're having kids again. So it's not the biggest deal in the world. If I do, it'll just be me going through pain, which I'm fine with pain. I fucking, I, pain is adulthood, in my opinion, I, I, most people's opinion. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like you just start getting to the age where it's like, well, that shit's just going to hurt from now on. We're going to have to figure out a new way to go about this. Yeah. I mean, eventually everything starts hurting. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to that age, but th- I, I literally couldn't drive with this and that that that's a problem i drive an hour to work and i drive an hour home and it was hurting it was hurting bad to drive i was constantly pulling literally feels like 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 my underwear is riding right in the corners like literally like i've said before someone has straps and they're pulling it like i'm a fucking puppet you know but that's what it feels like so when i drive it's worse than ever and uh, I drove to work today, wasn't bad. Drove home, wasn't bad. So, not bad. Mm-hmm. Not bad. I'll just uh, have to find out whatever happens Monday. So, update next week, folks. We'll see if I'm dying. <laughs> place your bets now. <laughs> please don't. Please, please don't. Don't put me now in with the... FanDuel. The, no, the DraftKings. DraftKings are the ones that sponsor AEW. Like that annoying bitch will show up. And... It's the Dra- the the Dave DraftKings Death Pool. Come on in, folks. No, please don't do that. Please, I beg of you, not to do that. But uh, yeah, so uh, next week we'll get a uh, little update and find out what's going on. So anyway, that's uh, that's kind of just what's been going on with me there, but. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, like I said, the hospital said that I have no cancers, no hernias, no nothing like that. So let's hope everything's going to be fine. And they're just telling me that I need to. My mom thinks they're going to tell me that I need to change my diet and give me a whole new diet. That's what she thinks they're going to do. And I'm like, just kill me. <laughs> See, that's interesting because like being a person who is overweight like anytime you go to the doctor they just tell you that every one of your problems is caused from you being fat and it's like well perhaps but like i could see the bone sticking out of my leg and i don't think that's because <laughs> of the snack here oh, oh but if you weren't carrying all that weight it might not be so painful it's like i was hit by a fucking car <laughs> like this was not my fault it's like well you know if you weren't trying to get on down to the wendy's like god damn it <laughs> but those fries are so good Mm-hmm. They use sea salt. I love sea salt. Trying to get that peppermint frosty action going on. Ah, oh, there you go. See, I actually a couple of weeks ago I stopped at Wendy's and got the uh, five free mini frosties for a dollar. I donated a dollar and got five free mini frosties. Mm. Look what a dollar can do. You know, like the idea of a cash transaction just being referred to as a donation from now on. Because it makes you feel more charitable that way. That's what it you is. You gave them money. They gave you a thing. They called it a donation. It, Yeah. It. I mean, it was, I guess. I, I don't know. 
I don't know how that works. All I know is they called it a donation. I fell into the trap and someone benefited from it. I don't know who, but someone. That is a great fucking con because there's a lot of restaurants that do that. Fast food places. Panda Express does that a lot. Where it's like, would you like to donate $2 to help kids learn how to read or some kind of bullshit like that? And then you give them your money and then like their CEO who doesn't give them a fucking dime takes all the credit. It's a real good fucking trap. Oh, yeah. They do that at Walmart. They ask you to donate shit at the fucking register. And it's like... You push no, and the girl looks at you like, ugh. You donate $2 to help one of our longtime customers be able to afford to shop at Target so they don't have to be here anymore. <laughs> no. Like, no. That's that's, that's, that's Brack I'm trying to get up to. No, I'm, I'm here. To to well, I, I'm here. Why, don't, why should they go somewhere else? I'm here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right, folks. Anyway, Monday I'll... Update you on my uh, my either untimely death or my new diet. Um, <laughs> it will be kind of you to drop in and inform us of your death. Thank you. I appreciate you reanimating yourself long enough to just come on and announce that you've ceased existing. Okay, my early death, or mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I I I don't know, man. This is str- this has me so stressed. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm stressed. I'm, I've, I've fucking been stressed since last night. My family's not here. I didn't sleep last night. I pretty much been up all fucking night, all fucking day. I passed out for about three hours when I got home because uh, I left at noon today. So, hmm. oh yeah, closed at noon. It was the owner walked in and was like, "Is anyone on the roads? No, they're all home. All right, guys, go home. Go home." <laughs> I mean, I'm paraphrasing because he's Korean and doesn't speak that good of English, but that's what he said. That's right. Yeah. 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 They're good people, though, man. They're good people to work for. So. All right. Let's go ahead and do this, I guess. I guess we're going to start out getting into full gear. Obviously, we had a few things going on at full gear. As you YouTubers can see, I've got Jamie Hayter up here beside me, your new women's champion and MJF. Uh, your new AEW champion sitting over there. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I know. It's, it's backwards for me, right? So, one's here and one's there. How's mm-hmm. that? Does that work? I guess. I'm just trying to figure so, out what direction I need to do. One's here and one's... Mm-hmm. I can't and do that. There, okay. and then, uh, right, yep, there we go. Anyway, I guess that would be on uh, my right is Jamie Hayter and on your left is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. That's right. Ah, there we go right there. Two new champions come out of this. Not the only new champion to come out of this, but there's the two. I've only got two sides, so what are you going to do? But um, I'm not going to lie. I have not watched this whole thing, but I've heard enough about it. Jesus, have I heard enough about it. And I've seen a little bit of it, of course. Um, Saw the, uh, definitely watched the MJF Moxley match. That was definitely going to be one I watched. And uh, a couple more things I've seen out of it. But I guess we can go ahead and kind of uh, get into it. This was a 13-match show mm-hmm. with the pre-show. Um, you never do 13 matches. Should have done 14 or 12. 13 is a bad number to do. It's just not good. 
I think Taz was a big fan of the idea. Probably him. It was probably him. It was probably him. But there were three matches pre uh, on the pre-show, which was the best friends, uh, and or, or, with Orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero, Chuck Brett, Chuck uh, Chuck Taylor, and Danhausen defeating the Factory, which was all of QT Marshall. I'm not fucking saying it the way they do. Aaron Solo, Lee Johnson, Nick Camarado, and Cole Carter. Best friends in the group did take this match. Boy, that crowd loved seeing Dan, yeah, Evil Danhausen, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord, did they like seeing Evil Danhausen. Jesus Christ, man. They fucking lit the fuck up for that man. I mean, I'm not blaming them for it. I thought it was really cool that they did that, but yikes. They lit the fuck up for some Danhausen. He came out a little darker, a little, uh, a little darker and redder. Uh, he had a lot of red on and black. He did. This was a red and black attack. There you go. I wasn't sure if he was tributing Kane or what. Ooh, perhaps. Well, Kane tribute there, huh? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. The mayor himself. Mayor Kane. Another man getting hate. Another man who can't have an opinion. <laughs> Everyone jumps on the poor fucking guy. Jesus Christ, people, he got hit in the head a lot. Back the fuck off him. That is true. My God. Politi- politics aside, the man got hit in the head for you a lot. He's basically the mayor of a tourist trap. It's not that big of a deal. Is, is that is that really pretty much what that town is? Yeah, like the whole the whole county is, is like Knoxville, then it's like the Pigeon Forge area, so there's like Dollywood and all that kind of tour. There's just nothing but like little, like small shops and just various sort of knickknacks and things that you could buy over there. It's it's really touristy over there, yeah. Why do I have a feeling this is the only show that ever mentions Dollywood? Yeah, you'd be surprised. She's pretty popular. We have talked about Dollywood on this show more than once, though, so... Mm. Always surprises me. We just, we do talk about, and by the way, she she looks amazing for her age. Whatever age that might be. I don't give a fuck, dude. (laughs) She just got that award from Jeff Bezos, that one where she had to uh, donate to charity, the uh, $100 million. And she was on, (laughs) and I'm just like, unbelievable, man. How does she look that good? Dude. I still would put it that way. I know how much money she has. I still would as well. (laughs) I still would not for the money. How's that? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not a love of the game thing for me on this one. No, no. She is looking amazing for her age. Again, whatever age that is, I don't give a shit. She looked absolutely amazing. Um, Go ahead. Oh, plastic, sir. I don't give a shit. You Mm. still have to have a a radiance about you, even with plastic surgery, to still look good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. Anyway, that's either here nor there. Dolly Parton. Swing! We'll just do that. Uh, Okay. (laughs) All right, so. Now we get Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage. Now, remember, this was going to be the, I guess, semifinal. I said finals last week. I apologize. This was the semifinal match he was going to take on. He was either going to do two matches in one night or do this, and they were going to end it on Dynamite. I think it was smart for him to end it on Dynamite. 
But uh, Ricky Starks took on Brian Cage and defeated Brian Cage to move further in the uh, World Championship Eliminator Tournament uh, Finals. And we did see that match tonight, so we'll get into that a little bit later. I saw this one. I enjoyed it. Cage is a good wrestler. He just has doesn't really have much of a presence to him, if that makes sense. Like, he moves around well. He's not like a lumbering fucking just massive humanity. He can move. He can do flips. He can do a lot of different things, but just doesn't really have, you know, like, like you know, Joe's in the show later on. He he's has a way more, like, menacing presence than Cage does. Yeah, there's... There's something Cage is missing. I don't think anybody really knows what the fuck it is, but there's something he is missing. I personally like the guy, but every company he's been in, he gets put on the back burner. And that's that says something about him more than anything, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those weird things. It's just there's something missing there. It's it's He's one of those wrestlers. Like, I feel like Hernandez had that, too. Where it's like he moves well, he's a big guy, he's got a all right look. Like, what is it that's not working here? But just you never quite know. No, you don't. I'm 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 looking down. I'm sorry. I got a new mouse pad that lights up colors. Ooh. Yeah, it goes blue. Oh, oh, now it's now it's pulsing colors. Pulsing. Oof. I would show you this, but I have a. Uh, I can't take my camera down. I'm afraid y'all will see my bag of weed and gun. Um, <laughs> so, just take my word for it, okay? It's cool. It's called a Be Excellent. It's got a... It's even got one, two... It's got four uh, USB things on it, too. So it's a USB thing. Uh, USB extension, also. Excellent. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Uh, there's that match again. We did see the final match of that tonight. We'll get into that a little bit later. Eddie Kingston also defeated uh, Jun Akayama by pinfall. Yeah. Uh, he was with Ortiz in this match. Um, this was another pre- pre-show match. Did you uh, check this one out too, Smart? Yes. For whatever reason, I don't understand. I guess it's because Kingston wears the yellow and black in his attire, but Ortiz decided to be a good friend and match his gear, but he ended up coming out basically wearing like that fucking Bruce Lee getup that he wore in one of those movies, the, the fucking yellow and black jumpsuit that he had on in one of those movies. I forget which one. I, they all blend together for me. Game of Death. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was Game of Death. Um, that was the one that he was going to fight uh, Dan and Santo, Kareem Abdul, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. He was going to fight as the big boss at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dan and Santo was the third guy from the or the, the 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 guy before the boss that he fought. Dan and Santo was actually uh, Bruce, one of Bruce Lee's teachers. Ooh, very nice. And Dan and Santo was also the master of the Bruce Lee style Jeet Kune Do. Just to give you a little background on that, I remember we, me and Anthony did do a show on Bruce Lee, so <laughs> it kind of stuck in my head. But um, good match, though, Mark. I, I didn't see it. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I I say this as an Eddie Kingston fan. It wasn't really his fault. Just Junakiyama's. He's He's an old guy. He's been wrestling since the early '90s. I've watched some of his shit back in the day at uh, All Japan. He just—he's still going, but it's sort of, kind of that 
like great Luda level of just like God bless him for still soldiering on, but he ain't quite what he used to be. Yeah, sorry, I uh, didn't mean to push that question. I guess I should have. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was just like, eh, it was just sort of middle level. Right, right. So, all right. Well, I apologize for putting you in that position there, but uh, <laughs> it was actually the the fun part came after the the match. Because mm-hmm. Kingston wins the match and he cuts his promo putting over Jun Akiyama for, you know, and how important Japanese wrestling was to him being a wrestler. But then for whatever reason, he decided to just do a rundown of the pay-per-view card and just say random compliments to the people that were involved. Like he just, because he, he has like how many minutes were left before they had to cut to go to the pay-per-view. And he's like, oh, I got three minutes. All right. You want to buy the pay-per-view? You want to see the ladies match? You want to see Jamie Hayter? That's what you want to do. Give me your money. Don't steal it. <laughs> just like what? Like why is he like he just for whatever reason he took over the Excalibur role of I love it. hyping the pay per view before it started. <laughs> and the, and this was probably not planned because commentary had no idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> like they weren't playing along. They were just utterly confused. And then they went to the pay per view. Eddie Kingston did his job. He did he, he did his best Paul Heyman impression and sold the pay-per-view. Give the man a fucking raise. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Fucking Jesus Christ. Give him an extra paycheck for that. Fuck. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. And I hope our audio on YouTube is good because I just realized I forgot to start our secondary recording. Oh, well. YouTube records. That's right. I ain't worried about it. All right. So as the uh, AEW tradition, I believe um, this show started off with one hell of a match. Jungle Boy Jack Perry, who is actually now using the Jack Perry name. He said uh, once Christian brought up his family, he thought it was time. This isn't the first time his family's been brought up on this show. So I don't know why he thought this time was a better time, but. That's neither here nor there. Anyway, this was a steel cage match with uh, Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus. Holy shit, dude. Those guys went out there and were going to be like, if we're on first, fucking... This was a follow that match. Fucking follow that. Yeah, it started off really well. Like, I... I don't know if they explained it at the beginning and I just skipped ahead or I wasn't paying complete attention, but you couldn't win via escape. Yep. Was the important thing there. It had to be pinfall or submission. And, but at one point, like you just had Lucius just came right out of the cage. I was like, well, is that the end of that? And they're like, no, they gotta, gotta be a pin. Like, oh, okay. Wish you would explain that better. Yeah. There was a little bit of confusion there, but I, I thought the fucking match was great. Jungle Boy sitting there bleeding like a fucking sieve was fucking a great visual great fucking great match to start out man excellent match to start out i've I've said before i think aew has a very good record of kicking off the show hot i know the reason they do it on dynamite they've got that big lead in with big bang theory you want to try to keep those people that are sitting there and forgot to change the channel interested i get why they do it but this is a pay-per-view this is your fucking hardcore audience and you don't have to start with this, but holy shit, they fucking, those guys went out there and decided to fucking kill it. This was the, uh, like the third longest match on the show, as it should have been, yeah. as it should have been. 
So really good match, though, to start out with, I thought. Now, I didn't catch all of this match. This was the uh, Death Triangle with, uh, defeating the Elite, which I'm shocked they did. Um, obviously, I think everybody expected the Elite to win. I think we definitely expected the Elite to win, Smart. Both of us. No, we both picked Death Triangle. No, actually, you picked Death Triangle. I picked the Elite. Uh, well, I actually so. picked them on your behest, in a sense, because you were like, well, it would really kind of fucking be a waste of Death Triangle if they had them lose. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, I like them more anyway. I'll just fucking ride that pony. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter because it is now a best out of seven series. They did announce that motherfucker was for the title last week. And then they switched it up. So. I th- yeah, I, I like the idea of them doing a best of seven series, I guess, because they have good matches. But right. I wish they would have started with that. Mm-hmm. Because then it was like, well. Kind of, it felt like what the, the first match like didn't matter. Yeah, and I think what they did here is they didn't want to just bring the elite back and throw the belts back on them. Mm-hmm. So, because I think they knew the crowd would have uh, poo pooed on that pretty pretty hard. So I think what they did is they just decided to go ahead and give it some time. We know the elite's going to end up winning this. Oh yeah, more than likely. I definitely think they will. I think actually Death Triangle is going to get uh, get three and zero, probably get one more on him, and then the Elite's going to make a miraculous comeback and sweep the last four. That's exactly what I was thinking. Honestly, I think you're dead on there. Yeah, you think so too. That's just the way it's looking to me right now. As we saw tonight, Death Triangle got their uh, second win, which again they're they're teasing a little a little split there. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Phoenix not appreciating the dirty antics of uh, Pac and uh, Penta, so that could pay a big uh, that could be a big thing in their last match, is what I'm thinking. And uh, glad you agree there, because that's that's how I think it's working out. It's looking like it. Yeah, and like we were talking about before, like it's going to be, if they end up breaking them up, it's going to be kind of sad to see them go, but all three of them are capable of doing much more on their own. Definitely. Most definitely they are. So, yeah, and they just, uh, like I said, they're just going to make it a best out of seven. I think this is going to be, uh, like I said, I think they want to make it, they didn't want to bring back the elite, throw the fucking titles back on them. Everyone starts bitching, pissing, moaning, complaining, uh, wah, wah, wah. So, what the hell? There was a giant fuck CM Punk chant during this. Mm-hmm. They were in New Jersey. They were in New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey doesn't like them from CM Punk. A lot of people were pissed about it. Some people were laughing about it. Um, everyone was pissed that they acknowledged it. The Bucks acknowledged it. What are they supposed to do? I know. Keep wrestling. I get it. What? Because it's a work. Uh-oh. Smart thinks it's a work. Oh, shit. It wasn't at first, but it is now. Well, they do this all the time. And the Bucks are fucking trolls. Can we not forget the Bucks are trolls? Mm-hmm. They are internet trolls, folks. This is what they do. Just like tonight, why do you think Kenny Omega used the GTS and made sure everybody watched him. He was making faces, making sure everybody was paying attention and hit the GTS. Another fuck you to punk. 
Uh, come on. Yeah, but I don't think he uses that if they don't have something planned. Like, it's one thing to sort of acknowledge the chant. It's another thing to, like, go out of your way to do the move. Mm. I don't know. I think they're petty. Oh, they definitely are. And they love the, you know, the sort of inside wink, wink, nudge, nudge, fourth wall breaking stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think it might be a little bit more than that. Uh, Maybe. I guess we'll find out down the road. But uh, it could be. Since we're already talking about it, we're probably yeah. not going to talk about it again. I said that they were in New Jersey because they were at in Chicago for Dynamite tonight. Yeah. And it was an entire role reversal, as one would expect, because they elite got booed hard. Yeah, they did tonight. And of course, like I said, there was there was the exact opposite because there was a very loud, very noticeable fuck the elite chant going. Yeah, it was a little bit of a difference to hear. So Punk is still behind their man. <laughs> or uh, Chicago's still behind their man. So pretty cool, man. Pretty cool stuff, though, with that crowd. Now, we got Jade Cargill after that. Uh, this is this was uh, her and Nyla uh, versus Nyla Rose. Jade Cargill did win and get her title back, so I was wrong on that one. I didn't think she'd leave with that title, but I we both figured she would win. And they did. Or she did. Uh Jared. Fun drinking game. If you want to go back and watch that match, take a drink every time Jade adjusts her outfit. Because she comes, she's cosplaying. I think it was like a Thundercats thing or some shit. I don't know. I don't know anything about comic book culture. That was che- but anyway, she Chitara. was cosplaying. She was Cheetara from okay, Thundercats. Yes. yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So, uh, but yes, the outfit was ill-fitting, which was not a bad thing for anyone but her, I guess. So, like, ev- after pretty much every move, she had to keep adjusting her singlet, tights, whatever you want to call them. So that was interesting. <laughs> but outside of that, it wasn't, I thought it had potential to be a total fucking disaster. And it was actually pretty good. I think there was a lot of pre-planning that went into it, which mm. is a good call. But it actually played out pretty well. It was nice and fluid. There was no real, I don't. I didn't even really notice any botches necessarily. So... Thumbs up to them. They did a good job. I did notice that uh, Vicky was wearing an I'm Your Mommy shirt, which is a Rhea Ripley shirt. Uh, and I, I think it might have had something to do with Eddie Guerrero because they came out on a lowrider, too. They did, but that's a Rhea Ripley shirt. Well, she's mommy and Eddie in this mm, scenario. She could be my mommy. She, can, she will be anything that she tells me she wants to be. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> All right. We had Chris Jericho uh, uh, versus Brian Danielson, Claudio, and Sammy. Uh, Jericho did actually win this one. I I had picked Sammy to win. I thought they were going to cause a little dissension. There was still a little bit there with those two. But um, Jericho retained. Yeah, it, it was weird, though, because it seemed like there were moments there where they were trying to make Sammy look like a face. And I, I said it before, and I'll say it again, that is a fucking bad idea. It is. Yeah, I totally agree. It is a bad idea. And you're right, they were. He was kind of working a little bit babyface in this match, but you, you can't do it. He's got that He's got that Miz thing where he has that, you'll love to hate the guy. Mm-hmm. You want to punch the fucking guy. He's got that fucking stupid hair. He's got the stupid smile. He's got the stupid fucking hot girlfriend. You just want to hit the fucking guy. You hate him. You hate him because he has all that. So yeah, that's why they 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 shouldn't turn him babyface. But 
what are you going to do? And plus, I mean, it, it didn't work before. That's why he's back with Jericho. Exactly. They just, exactly. They tried it once. It didn't fucking work. They also tried it right when he was having that little relationship thing with, you know, Tay. So that's the thing, though, is you cannot rely on him to not cause problems in some way, shape, or form. Like, he's going to talk some shit on Twitter. Or he's mm. going to get into it with somebody backstage. Like, if you want to keep him around, whatever, that's your prerogative, but you can't trust him to keep his fucking mouth shut so you can't make him a fist yeah you're right he's he's like a low grade punk time bomb mm-hmm. he's not gonna trash your company he's not gonna do that but he will piss off someone behind you know backstage or behind the fucking scenes so yeah I mean what have we gone almost a month now It's it's almost time right I think it, it, I would kind of look at him more of like a Shawn Michaels, but without necessarily the talent, like not nearly as good, but the same sort of like he's not going to shit on the company, but he he will start shit with anybody and everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not call anyone the Bret Hart. Let's not do that. Ooh, <laughs> no, I, we're not doing it. No. I guess it would be Andrade in this case. Uh, I like him about as much as Bret Hart, so sure. Andrade is a better promo. Much better. Much better. And I can't, and, and he speaks worse English. <laughs> Still a way better promo. Yes. All right, so after that, we had Soraya and Britt Baker. Soraya back in the ring after almost six years of being out of the ring. Pretty emotional moment for her. I did see this one. I wanted to watch this. I wanted to see how uh, how it went. Soraya might need a little more time to get back. She looked a little rusty in the ring. Not not horrible. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say she'll get there. She will. She will. It's not like she's awful in the ring, but she looked like she was maybe a little nervous, maybe too excited to be out there or something, but... um, did get the win here. I think both both of us did pick her to get the win. It was obvious she was getting the win here. There was no title on the line. There was no reason to not give her the win in this match. And Britt taking a, 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 an L means nothing. It doesn't hurt her at all. Crowd still loves her. She's still over as fuck. Doesn't fucking matter. I'd agree with that. Yeah, there, there was, my favorite moment was not something that happened in the ring. It was they they were on commentary, and Jim Ross, just like kind of out of the blue, like sort of apropos of nothing. It was like, oh, you know, you got Soraya talking about this is her house. You got Brett Baker talking about this is her house. How about you pick another tired cliche to fight over? I'm like, Jesus, like way to fucking steamroll the match, my friend. Holy shit! This is like Michael Cole. Actually, his exact words were pick another tired cliche to wear out. And I was like, fucking A. I love A. I love curmudgeon old JR. It's the best. Jesus, JR. Tell us the fucking slobber knocker again, you fuck. Yeah, I mean, if you're not liking the match, you just have to do better at, like, finding the words that you use to sort of carefully tell everyone that you're not enjoying it. Throw out a bowling shoe ugly. I, I was about to say, right after, you know, JR wanted to, you know, tell everybody to not wear out things. He said it was bowling shoe ugly, probably. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, 
I thought that was pretty cool, that whole Soraya thing. I thought it, she was obviously excited to be out there, got a little emotional just on the ramp, and um, thought it was a pretty cool moment for her. And sure. a pretty big moment, you know, back in the ring, didn't think she was going to get cleared, released by WWE, probably had no idea she was even going to be able to go over to AEW, and here she is, back in the ring, looking good, feeling good. Not looking the best, but she'll get it back, like you said. I ain't worried about it. Um, so up to now, we've had no title changes. Nothing at all has happened, really. And we get Samoa Joe, Wardlow, and Hobbs. And next thing you know, Samoa Joe ends up with... I don't think either one of us picked Samoa Joe for this match. I feel like I may have picked Hobbs, but I don't. I know I don't, didn't pick Joe. Let me see here. Where is this match in our little book here? This wasn't on here. Actually, you know, I, I don't think they announced it, it was going to be a triple threat until like Thursday or Friday, maybe. Yeah, so it's not on here. All right. So yeah, I for some reason I thought we picked this match. So there we go, Smojo. I don't think either one of us. I I I figured if they were going to take it off of anybody. or give it to anybody. It would have been Hobbs. I don't know why they wouldn't put the belt on Hobbs. I guess they're looking to put... I don't know. We saw a promo from Wardlow tonight, obviously addressing this, so maybe they're looking to make Wardlow give him a a push, but it's like, why not just give him the fucking... I I wouldn't be so sure, because... The opportunity to give him a push was when he had the fucking belt. And they, I know. They didn't do anything with it. It's very I uneventful. Know. Everyone's got a fucking title. No one's getting the right. No one's getting pushed. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? I don't even know anymore, man. But Smojo now has like 19 titles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's him and, him and FTR just have every title in the world. There's That's just, right. So there you go. Um, but yeah, that was the way they did this. And I, I don't know what they're going to do. I wish they would either, I mean, push Hobbs. As far as I'm concerned, Hobbs is one right now that needs to push. You want to put Wardlow on the back burner? I'm okay with that. I really don't give a fuck. I think Hobbs, though, motherfucker is big, can move. Can, I mean, I, I'd like to see a lot more from him. Yeah, the, and I think we will. You think so? Yeah. I hope so, man. I really do. I really hope we see more of him. So I guess we'll find out quickly, quickly, quickly. So, all right. And, uh, all right, let's keep going here a little ways. Hey, what's up, Dirk? Uh-oh. We're going to have a bunch of kings in here later. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. King fight. <laughs> all right. Sting and Darby Allen took on Jeff Jarrett. And Jay Lethal. This was a no DQ tag team match. Uh, okay. Wasn't horrible. Sting. Is Sting, Sting trying, likes to dive off of shit. Sting's trying to prove to everybody he's young. <laughs> but he's not. <laughs> I was going to say, I did not have it on my bingo card that like Sting was going to take over New Jack's role of just diving off shit all the time. No. No, I don't think anyone could have predicted Sting was going to be doing this at this age in this in these years. No. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone could have predicted that, but uh 
There he is, just diving off of every fucking thing he could find. There he is. There he goes. And there he goes. There he goes. That's what he's doing. Nothing we can do. Oh, sorry. Sorry, microphone. Nothing we can do about it. But uh, Sting and Darby Allen did take the win here. Uh, <laughs> Dark said he's AEW's new Jack. He, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's exactly what he is. So, all right. So, again, decent match. So now we go to the Jamie Hader, Tony Storm match. Uh, this was for the, this was originally for the interim AEW Women's Championship. So I guess we can leave that in there for now and kind of talk about that as we get through here. Uh, Jamie Hader did obviously pick up the win here. Uh, like I said, we've got her right there. Actually got one right. There we go. There's Jamie Hader right there holding up the title. And, um, I like this idea. I like this idea. I think did both of us pick both of us picked Hater to win it. Yeah. Um definitely a good idea to have her win it. Talk about fucking read the room, bro. I mean it's like Tony did exactly that. I mean everybody wanted her to win. The crowd wanted her to win. Everybody seemed to want her to win. They get, it, it was a good match with the right ending. So no complaints. Everyone seemed happy. Everyone seems happy for her. And um, as we saw tonight's mark, they are forcing Thunder Rosa to relinquish the title. Oh, <laughs> that was that subtext because on the show, they said that they had come to a mutual agreement. And I genuinely felt bad for her because mm-hmm. they announced that Thunder Rosa was relinquishing her her claim, her, her title. Right. So she would no longer be the AEW Women's Champion. And the entire crowd cheered. I know. And I think. Which we... I assume was just because they were happy for Jamie Hayter. But at the same time, it was like, oh, that's got to yeah. fucking hurt. Yeah. And I think we just ruined that for Christopher Kane. Sorry, buddy. Sorry about that, bro. Um, but uh, I mean, it's not necessarily a match result. It's just a segment, yeah. so it's not super terrible. But yeah, it was kind of bad for Thunder Rosa. I do too. But I, 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 I mean, this is something we talked about even just last week. The interim thing is stupid. Whoever wins that title, it makes them sound secondary. It's awful. It was stupid. I, they should have done this when Tony. They should have just done it in the beginning, not fucking bothered with it, and let it fucking do what it's doing now. This is so much better. Like I said, we talked about this last week, how the interim thing was just not working. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. This isn't UFC. This isn't fucking boxing. This is fucking wrestling. Pro wrestling. We can do whatever the fuck we want whenever they want, so... Yeah, I don't understand it anyway, because it's like you could just as easily just announce that she had to vacate the title because of injury and then she would be given a rematch as soon as she was healthy. Yeah. So I mean, you don't even have to like do it like the very week that she comes back, but it's just like, you know, she's got she's guaranteed a rematch because she was champion and she did get a chance to defend her title. Well, she did, but she had to vacate the title because of injury. So she gets a title match. Yeah, there you go. I mean, there. uh... But why didn't they just do this at the beginning? Why did we have to deal with this fucking interim bullshit? I don't know, and it does kind of make me wonder if there was a problem of some sort. 
like the injury was longer than it was expected to be or there's some kind of a contract dispute or she doesn't want to come back. I don't know. I don't know. There could be a lot of things. Could be a lot of different like, things, but um, I think we're going to be hearing something in the next week or two about this. You think so? Probably. Mm. Sorry, I need a hit. All right. Um, so anyway, I think this was a great, a great thing. I think it's a good idea what they did with the title, taking it off. Uh, but you're right. That was pretty harsh for Thunder Rosa. That whole crowd was just like, yeah, way to go. And um, I don't know. But you're right. I think it was obviously they were happy for uh, Jamie Hayter. And I, I know, Dirk, I know Tony Khan is a, a, a UFC mark and wants the interim thing. This is not UFC. I'm sorry. You're not Dana fucking White. I almost said Dana Carvey. You're not. <laughs> I You're not him either. Chopping broccoli. Mm -hmm. broccoli. I like Dana Carvey, but I, mean, um, I think he's closer to Dana White. I think probably, <laughs> but I like what. Uh, oh, here, Dirk. He said, "Put, put." Uh, he's talking about Jamie Hader. Put her in a feud with Soraya and call her the Page Hater because Jamie Hader's real name is actually Page. How many pages do they have in that company? Nineteen, twenty. Mm-hmm. My lord. My lord, my lord. Hangman page. Soraya page. <laughs> Diamond Dallas page. Huh? Yeah. Ethan page. And then Ethan. I, wow, I actually I genuinely forgot about him, and he was on the show like an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> He's forgettable. Christopher mm -hmm. Kane said he thought Moxley was taller. Now I want to look up how tall he is or how tall they claim he is. And then, of course, always subtract two inches. You know, they uh, said that about Patrick Swayze. I, th I thought you'd be bigger. Roadhouse? No? Okay. 6'4", so he's 6'2", so we're the same heights. Okay. All right. He, he is 36. Really? Kind of looks older. I mean, he's been through some shit, so I don't really want to yeah. make fun of him like that. But he looks older than 36. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit older than 36. I would definitely agree with you there. So, But, uh, all right. So your new champion, women's champion, Jamie Hayter. Not interim. Actually, now we found out she is the real women's champion. The real women's champion. She should do that shit. Pull some Harley race on us. I think you can say Briggs doing what Ric Flair was doing. Because he claimed to be the real champion, the real world's champion. As did Harley Race. That was that whole thing. Mm. It was the real champion. We talk about Harley Race a little later. Also, if, if Jamie Hader would like to flash me in an airplane, I would uh, have that arranged. She could assault me in an airplane and I could arrange that too. Mm. Anyway. I guess we're not. Uh, anyway, uh, the acclaimed came down, and uh, it was them and Swerve, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. I can't even fucking call. It. I hate that name. It's awful, awful fucking name. Anyway, um, it really is. It really is. Yes, Dirk. We are both six two. Very good, man. He listens. Hell yeah. He fucking he, he doesn't just hear us. He listens. Paying attention. 
fucking love it, man. Badass motherfucker you are. Badass Dirk. Anyway, uh, yeah, the Acclaim did take this match. Retain. I don't think we had any doubt they were going to. They're so fucking over right now. What are you going to do? Take the fucking titles off of them? You'd be stupid. You'd be idiots to do that. Right. Absolute fucking idiots to do that. So didn't do that. Swerve. Yes, Dirk. Swerve is a great heel. I I, I do like Swerve. Um, I kind of like how they're doing this whole thing with them now. Obviously. Oh, Christopher Kane is 6'3". Well, Jesus. Extra fucking inch always counts, doesn't it? That extra goddamn inch always fucking does it. Trust me, one inch can make all the difference. That's what I tell the ladies. What? Fuck, did it just thunder out there? We have storms here tonight. Thunder roses out there. No, it's fucking just thundering. I don't, she, she could be in Texas. Uh, yeah, she is in Texas. That's where she lives. She's probably your neighbor. No, I don't think she's up in this area. I think she's down in... Um, Where is she? Like the San Antonio area? Yeah, probably. Yeah, she's down in that area, not up near me. She's down down in that area. So, but um, fucking Keith Lee just walked out on Swerve. Just walked out. Like he was, he, he was unwilling to participate in Swerve's tomfoolery. Like he was just like he was on a date and didn't like it. Walked out. Just walked out. Gave him the old check, please. That didn't even, nope, didn't even pay the check. Left him stuck with the check. Oh my God. Did, mm, I, I wish you would have watched the Teddy Hart documentary. That they, they, they brings something to my mind. We'll talk about it eventually. All right. We will. We will. We will. So, because <laughs> there is a check, please moment at a restaurant, which I, I'm laughing, but it, it's not. All right, we'll get into that. We got plenty of time to do that. So, um, yeah, left him standing, left him with the check, and uh, Swerve got pinned. So there you go. All right. So, Smart, we now get into the MJF first John Moxley. Um, last week, if you remember, me and you kind of discussed this little rumor that was going around about a possible. William Regal turn. Mm-hmm. I guess it was a little more than just possible. William Regal did help out MJF. Uh, ended up tossing him the brass knuckles. And MJF wins. New champion. AEW now has which uh, what I think is probably their first homegrown AEW champion. Mm-hmm. Um. Pretty much everyone else has come from somewhere else. Yeah, he was in MLW, but this is pretty much their guy. That doesn't matter. No, it's just MLW. Come on. Come on. Fucking doesn't mean shit. But I would say this is, I mean, this guy's been there since fucking day one. And he has been an AEW guy, even with his little absence for a while there. MJF is still over now. MJF, obviously, they were telegraphing this a little bit. If, if And that's why we talked about it last week, Mark. You know, MJF kept saying he's the devil. And when Moxley cut that promo with Regal, 
he looked right in Regal's eyes and said, I've looked, I've, I've looked in the devil's eyes before. Right. And he's not him. And Regal just shook his head. That was a little telegraph sign right there. And I think, like I said, I think a lot of people saw that coming. Dirk said he saw it coming. And I will go ahead and say it on this show. Solomonster fucking nailed it. I mean, he 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 did this fucking <coughs> damn near move by move. Solomonster fucking nailed it right on the fucking head with this whole whole storyline. So I was I knew it was coming just based on that promo last week alone because Moxley was done. He was just like, yeah, it's vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When's that pay per view? Well, it was Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Monday night, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Sun, Sunday, Sun, Saturday, Saturday. Okay, Saturday. I'm gonna kill you Saturday. That's right. A New Year's Eve during our very big full gear pay per view. Dirk says Wardlow, the first homegrown TNT. Oh, well, I'm talking about AEW Championship. Yeah, the TNT title is like fucking. Fucking should put it the same place Nikki Cross put the fucking twenty four seven title. I think the fact that she tried to throw it in the dumpster and missed is like the most symbolic shit I've ever seen. And it made it was like (laughs) dropping the title in the garbage guy box. She literally dropped the title. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about people dropping the title all the time. Thunder Rosa has to drop her title. She she dropped the fucking title. Literally. I loved it. I thought it was a cool little 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 thing, but made a great sound when it hit the fucking floor. Mm-hmm. So totally. that was a plus, but um, William Regal, the true devil, and um, the true villain. And shit, there goes my lighter. He's a true villain, man. Fucking Regal's awesome. I love this. And again, I love how Regal came out tonight and was like, "Sure, you'll hear from MJF next week." <laughs> Do you think, since we're, we're talking about things that other people have said, I'll float out the Brian Alvarez theory that he was talking about. Do you think it's best to just try making MJF a face? Because basically his theory was that pretty much any like actual face that you put against him is going to be booed, as we saw with like what happened with Moxley at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. You're, you're kind of putting your faces out there to die. So like, would it just be a more effective thing to do to just have him go against other heels and like make him sort of a pseudo-face? No. Fair enough. There you go. No. MJF as this heel character is the best thing you can get. Have him every now and then tease the audience like he's going to fucking turn, like he actually gives a fuck, like he has compassion, like he has a heart. That's what the devil does. The devil manipulates. The devil, the a, a real fucking villain will make you think he cares, and then at the last moment, nope, I don't give a fuck. That's what fucking real villains do. That's what MJF is. MJF is that real villain, that real fucking asshole that can manipulate the fucking crowd. I think uh, the way they have him right now is great. Every now and then he needs to do this, tease the crowd, let him think he gives a fuck. And, I mean, you can only go to this well, of uh, you know, so many times. So, you know, don't use it up too much, but No. I don't think they should give... Never should this man go full fucking baby-kissing baby face. No, no, no. Right. No. But, uh... uh, See, now King came in, and now it's a... King fight! Mm Mm-hmm. We have two kings in the chat. 
King Turk and King. I'm going Mundo. I can't pronounce that H word. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not going to try. But uh, this was, remember, this was uh, MJF's poker chip, his uh, little casino ladder poker chip cash in. So he's not going to be carrying that motherfucker around anymore, which, thank God. Uh, it's, um, the MJF era is here, Smark. Uh, I, I mean, we didn't see any of it tonight, which I think was a good idea. We had Regal out there. Uh, we'll talk about that in uh, a little while here, but um, pretty good stuff here. And I think definitely MJF was the right call here. I believe both of us had that call. Yes, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, both of us agreed this is the way this match was going to go. So great stuff, great pay-per-view. Uh, didn't want to spend that much time on it, but here we are. And um, there we go. We don't have any news tonight, so don't worry about it, folks. We're going to talk Survivor Series 87. <laughs> We've already gone through half a dynamite anyway, so. I want to sort of, we didn't plan to have any news tonight, Mm. Mm -hmm. but there is, I feel like we need to talk about, he is a former, a soon to be WWE Hall of Famer, I think. He was on Raw for sure, a member of the WWE family. (laughs) Todd Crisley is going to prison. Okay. Let's be honest. I have said these two are scumbags from day one. He was sentenced on Monday to a combined 19 years in federal prison. Uh, like yeah. That is I think 12 for him and seven for her. Uh, let's see. Yeah. 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 Um, him and his wife. Because he was 12 years. Then he had yep, his wife. For... F- Government fraud, tax evasion, something like that. Tax fraud, tax... uh, Bank fraud and tax evasion. Bank fraud. That's federal tax evasion. Federal. Um, On Monday, an Atlanta judge sentenced Todd Crisley to 12 years in prison with three years of supervised release. His wife, Julie Crisley, was sentenced to seven years in prison and three years of supervised release. The Crisleys were found guilty in June of conspiring, oh no, to defraud community banks, okay, that's not so bad, of more than $30 million in fraudulent loans. Federal prosecutors accused the couple of submitting false bank statements to make it appear that they were wealthier than they were in loan applications between 2007 and 2012. Now that I know that they ripped off banks, I actually feel like they, they, they might be the good guys. No. No, they're not, because that eventually gets uh, trickled down to you paying back with your tax money. Um, if the bank's get a bailout, guess who pays that? Yeah, it's a point. Me, you, all that shit. Uh, Todd Chrisley, Christopher Kane, 100%, you are correct. That guy is definitely gay. Um, <laughs> if he's not, he's going to be. That guy is that He's going to have a great time in prison, I can tell you that. I now. mean, he took a real L, too, because it says the pair's former attorney, Peter Tarantino, interesting, was sentenced Monday to three years in prison. Oof, mm. Even their lawyer at the jail. They took L after L after L after L. Yeah. See, when I used to do the, I think I've told this, this, said this before, when I used to do the, the, the horse shows, ride horses and everything, a lot of those guys were gay. And then you had a few that were pretending to not be. They had kids, they had a wife, and then they would get caught in a hotel room with another guy. 
or in a bathroom or in the stall or in a barn. Gay guys get married all the time, folks. It's all about the look. It's all about this. It's all about that. It happens. And sometimes the wives know and don't give a shit. It's just to put out the appearance. That guy, come on. You don't look at your daughter and go, it's class, not ass, and not be completely fucking flaming. Mm. She did have her Snapdragon snapping. (laughs) She did. I wish Weevil was here right now. Got your Snapdragon all snapping out, hanging out. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. It's class, not ass. So what's interesting is that I'm reading more in this article, and the uh, special agent in charge of the FBI gives a quote, and he says, when you lie, cheat, and steal, justice is blind to your fame. But it just maybe it was, I found it interesting that he used the phrase lie, cheat, and steal. I'm hoping that he did a little shoulder shimmy afterwards. <laughs> he got into a low rider and just rode off into the sunset. He also ended by saying, Viva la raza. That's right. <laughs> I wish. I do like how he's just like, ah, the good guys won. <laughs> the banks. Like, yeah, no. Look, I have no, I got no love for the banks either, but I also got no love for people that cheat and steal and do what they're doing because once again, some way, somehow, that ends up costing you and me money. Listen, you got to remember, banks are federal. The government does not produce anything. The government doesn't make anything. The government makes money off of us, you, me, everyone in the chat, everyone going to work come you know Monday or Friday. That's where the government makes their money. The government doesn't make anything, produce anything, manufacture anything. Nothing. So eventually, if you rip off a bank, it's going to come back to us. We pay. So I got no love for the banks, but I also don't like fucking stealing from them because federal crimes end up costing you and me money in the long run. I reckon. Not that we'll notice it. Not that we'll give a fuck. Not that we can do anything about it, but it does. So there you go. There you go. All right, folks. So that was it. Full gear. Good pay-per-view. Decent fucking pay-per-view, I thought. Great pay-per-view. Actually, I can't think of a bad match on the card. Um, Really? Can't think of a horrible match on the card. No, not really. No, I thought it was a good show. That first match really... No, that, that Jungle Boy Luchasaurus match really kind of set the pace. And uh, you knew you were getting some good shit after that. Like I said, they went out there for the fucking... Fuck it. We're curtain jerking. Follow that. <laughs> so, I loved it. But, uh, alright, folks. Let's get into a, a little bit of... Uh, something a little better. Something with way less matches that I thought was a fucking amazing card i have i i don't think i've ever watched this mark As are we a, talking about dynamite no no i'm talking about the uh survivor series 1987 or do you want to do dynamite and then wrap up with with that yeah i think it's easier all right let's do that you know what you're right 
since we that's just... kind of why I brought up the Crisley thing was I was trying to buy Christopher Kane a little bit of time. I'm going to be transparent. I did want to talk about the Crisley thing though because making fun of fucking Crisley knows best was like what got me through a lot of those bras from like 2005 to like 15 to like 2018. Oh yeah, whatever the fuck that show came on was just making fun of those dumbass commercials. I, those, the, the, they never should have had a fucking show. They never should have. I'm going to say this. We are giving the wrong people attention in this country and making them famous. Cash Me Outside Girl is making fucking bajillions of dollars off of people who waited for her to be 18. That whole, but I mean, I don't know. Like the concept of fame is like it's weird nowadays. Anyway, though, because I don't think it really means much anything anymore, because it's like everybody has their own. Like you know, everybody watches their own shit on YouTube. Everybody follows their own people on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. If you watch Twitch, you have your people there too. So like, you could have hundreds of people, thousands, millions of people, whatever that are fans of yours and people like the majority overwhelming majority of people would still not know who the fuck you are. So it's like, it's sort of, it's relative at this point. It is. You're right. You're right. But she shouldn't be making that much money. That girl that literally is she doing porn. No. Well, she's on only fans. I'm sure. But she's literally just, I mean, she was famous for being a piece of shit to her mother and everyone made her famous. Not the way it should work. Mm-hmm. Not the way it should work. Because she said, cash me outside. That made her... That's what makes someone... Oh, my God, people. This is how I know we're fucked. It's a catchphrase. Everybody mm. needs a catchphrase. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that what you call it? I mean, is it any worse than the Kardashians? I mean, they basically got no. famous off of like some bitch getting killed. Which, I mean, shout out to OJ, you know, keep up the good work, as New Jack once said. But, you know, I mean, it's, is it any better? Is it any better than like <sighs> you fucking, you're famous because you got fucked on a, a, a fucking blurry camera video? Did Did I hear some football player put out some video of him like, in the OJ Bronco? Oh, uh, potentially. I don't, I hadn't heard about it, but I will do a quick search. I, for... someone said that to me today. Now I'm trying to think who the hell it was. Cause I think that was how it went. If it was anybody, I feel like it would have been Antonio Brown, but I can't confirm that. I, uh, oh, Melvin Gordon shares OJ inspired farewell to Broncos fans. That's what it was. That's what it was. He shared a video of him like in the Bronco waving, which didn't obviously go over very well with certain people. That, that's pretty cool. Though. I thought it was fucking hilarious, to be honest with you. Uh, interesting. And one of the guys at work told me that today. For some reason, everyone at work thinks I'm this big football fan, and I'm like, nope, you got the wrong guy. I think guy. it's just easier to assume, because most people are most guys. So what are you saying? I'm saying that you're a pencil neck geek. Okay, I'll go with that. Yeah. That's fine. 
gotta be a re gotta be a real man and watch men in tight pants matching uniforms every Sunday. Well, I do that. I just don't. Right. I just don't like football, basketball, sports ball, baseball. I'm sorry. I just. I just. I. I'm not into balls like that. Mm-hmm. Cheese on sports Mondays, eight thirty p.m. Metal mixler. Talk all the balls you want, folks. <laughs> it's like I fucking hate sports. Smart, do you got a sports show? <laughs> I didn't say I hated sports. I just don't. I mean, to watch be fair, them. I don't watch movies, and that's your thing. So you know, we all we all got our stuff. Well, I mean, you've, I'm sure you've watched a movie before. Yeah. <laughs> oh, once, once, maybe. I mean, twice. don't ask me any specific questions, but I may have seen a motion picture <laughs> to its entirety. I won't ask you any questions. I know better. I do. Seen Terrifier one and Terrifier two. Oh, there you go. I haven't seen either. How's that? Chris Jericho's in the second. You've talked about this. I think we have talked about that before. All right, so I guess what we're going to get into now is AEW Dynamite, folks. Bam! There it is, right there. AEW Dynamite. So let's go ahead and get that pulled up real quick. Again, we had talked about uh, Dynamite tonight kind of being obviously this is the fallout from uh, the, the the fallout from Full Gear. Um, William Regal started out, like I said, he came out and I thought this was fucking really awesome. You know, oh, you're, you want to hear from MJF next week. Um, now, obviously, this is all after what we just talked about, so. You know, there you go with uh, the whole thing with MJF. Now, all of a sudden, you get Moxley music. Moxley comes out. He's swaying through the crowd as he does. Before they can, they kind of get in each other's face, him and Regal, Danielson comes, comes out, and he runs down, and he's holding Moxley back. Danielson's telling, telling Moxley, look, we've all done something bad in our life. We've all done something bad. Uh, but listen, Regal's got a bad neck. Don't hurt him. Please don't hurt him. And he slapped Moxley smart. (laughs) Good slap. And then Danielson starts saying, oh, because of the William Regal, this is how I under, you know, he he helped me understand my dad's. Basically, he was talking about substance abuse problems just to, you know, not get into all of it. And the crowd started chanting bullshit. I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck, dude? (laughs) It's Chicago. No shit. These are relentless motherfuckers in Chicago, obviously. So, crowd starts chanting bullshit. Uh, Moxley grabs the mic from Brian Danielson. He's like, move out of the way. And he gets face-to-face with Regal, and he says, I don't want anything from you, except I want you to run. And he tells Regal to walk, and Regal fucking did. I'm a little surprised at that, but I also kind of see where this is going to be going. Regal gets out of the ring and starts walking away. I couldn't believe the crowd was chanting bullshit at substance abuse problems. <laughs> we have we have no more time for tapes. <clears throat> I guess all, what, what is all Chicago straight edge? What the fuck? <laughs> Not all of us. They're all, they're all CM Punk fans. That's right. They have, they have zero tolerance for the uh, substance abuse. Substances, maybe, obviously not guns. Uh, but anyway, 
Mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there, obviously. It's, it's the only thing we smoke is motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was awesome. Okay. Thank you. Oh, that was good. I like that. Oh, we smoke is motherfucker. <laughs> okay. All right. So, all right. We go. After that, we go and we get uh, Keith Lee and Swerve uh, is who we get after that. Here we go. Hold on. Nope. Not that one. God damn it. I hit the wrong button. Now I've got mm-hmm. the right one. There's Keith Lee and Swerve for you right there. Um, Keith Lee is about to start talking to Renee Paquette. Swerve just walks up, interrupts. Now, we really never heard anything, so, you know. But uh, I'm still laughing at the motherfucker comment. Okay. <laughs> kind of to the point that they didn't turn Keith Lee heel, although I guess maybe there's still a shot that they will. But It's sort of looking like they could. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it, you notice after this, uh, Swerve holds his hand up to the camera and they start talking. They wasn't yelling. They weren't throwing punches. And Keith Lee was kind of like, uh-huh. He's listening. He's listening. It's hard though. Cause I, I want him to be healed. Cause he's good at being smug, but he also has like just real like uncle vibes. Like he just seems like, he seems like a lovable guy. Uncle vibes. I think that's what we could call him. Keith Mm. Lee is Uncle Vibes. Hell yeah. This week on the After School Special. (laughs) Oh, that'd be great. Uncle Vibes? Is Keith Lee just doing like a very special episode? Uh, I don't don't even think they do Sid. I don't think sitcoms exist anymore, but that would be pretty great. Dude, you could make... Dude, that is a fucking... Right there, that is a kid's show. Uncle Vibes with Keith Lee. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Greetings and salutations, children. <laughs> it's been a fortnight since our last commerce. <laughs> since we last conversed, <laughs> I have killed Barney. <laughs> <laughs> you needn't fret, children. He's yeah. a dinosaur. He was detrimental to your safety. I eradicated the threat. Uh, oh, ooh. ooh! We can find love in the new dating site. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, sexfind.info. <laughs> oh wow! I don't think I can do anything because I'm not actually logged into YouTube. But there's no link. It's just text. You can't even click it. I can't find love on the new dating site. Well, folks, go to sexfind.info. Uh, info and check out where you can find love on the new dating site. <laughs> Look, if you would like to be murdered in a parking lot, go to sexfight.info. <laughs> Presumably not by Keith Lee. I don't think he's going to be involved. In this. Oh my lord, that thunder. Oh. I just heard, I hear my dog out there running around. He's not happy at all. Is he outside? Uh-uh. Oh. No, I got to cut his nails. I hear his feet on my floor. I got to cut his nails this weekend. It's very hard to do with my dog. It's hard to do with any dog. Well, 
one of the things about pugs, my dog is half pug, <coughs> they don't like their feet touched. Mm-hmm. So literally when you clip my dog's nails, he he shits. It scares oh, the no. sh- it scares the shit out of him, literally. I I don't know if something happened to him as a puppy, but he does not let he'll let me pet his his front feet. But if you go to cut him, no. No. Nope. Hmm. Uh Kara Hogan got fired? We're 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 sort of. She's no longer a baddie. Oh. They they were talking about how they were going to have like their big celebration for next week or whatever, and Kara's like Kara Hogan's like yeah friendship, and then Smart Mark Sterling's like, hey I need you to sign this paper. She's like mm, she and she does. He's like okay good you're not with us anymore. Please leave. I missed that. Yeah, she's basically I, I guess I guess she's probably like a face soon or whatever, but she kind of got beat up most of the time during that feud. Like she kept trying to get Jade's belt back and. She kept being thwarted at every turn. Ah, uh, I did her. I, I did hear Jade say I got my belt back without any help. I did hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was kind of, like I said, man, I fell asleep for a few hours from these pills, and it took me a while to wake up. So, anywho, uh, the least just to say, I hope that they uh, keep doing stuff with it. Yeah. But what kind of stuff is really just unimportant? But she can just keep find something for her to do. I know, they will. They will. All right, where were we here? Uh, Swerve. Yes. Swerve. Oh yeah, I still think. I think you might get a heel, Keith Lee here. Good. I think you might. I think you might get a heel, Keith Lee, which will be just fine. So after that, we had um. Orange Cassidy. He came out versus Jake Hager. Came out with the best friends. Uh, here we go. Right there. There they are right there. Freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. We even got Rocky Romero out there today. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So there was that right there. Uh, it was Orange Cassidy coming out to go up against Jake Hager. I think this match was about a hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a magical head. Um, obviously, it's like fucking you know Samson. Jake Hager claims that the head is magic. That was actually something that they put over on commentary. So Jake Hager is, for all intents and purposes, the Frosty the Snowman of AEW. Ooh, I like it. Holidays coming up. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, Hager does not take this hat off. Um, there you go. It's even on right here. Look at this. It might not be on well, but it is on. And by the way, there was a guy in the crowd front row that had a Just Enjoy Wrestling t-shirt on. Yeah, don't tell me what to do. I agree. Yet. I love that it was in the old school font, like the lettering. Like what uh, like what the old school wrestlers would put on their shirts with, their, you know, with the like iron-on sayings. Yeah, like how Andy Kaufman had one up for like the women's champion yep. or women's wrestling champion of the world. I love it. I thought it was a great shirt, and I, I I do agree with the sentiment. Actually, just enjoy what enjoy what you want to enjoy. That's it. Not even just the wrestling. 
I enjoy making fun of things, so it's counterintuitive, or it's kind of, you know, encounters what he's preaching, his Not, philosophy. You enjoy it, you're okay, Smart. It's just fine. It's just fine. The, Don't worry. The hammer gag. Oh, okay. I was following along with Christopher Kane as he watches AEW, and I didn't know what the hammer gag meant, but I, I put two and two together. Okay. All right. Good job. Good job. All right, so there you go. Uh, this was an okay little match here. Um, Cassidy retained the title, the All-Atlantic Championship. Best friends are celebrating in the ring. Here comes QT Marshall and the fucking factory losers. Uh, I'm sorry, dude. None of those guys, except for Nick Camarado, I think actually is the only one out of that whole group that has a look, that has a presence, and it's because he looks like a fucking caveman. Uh, n- nothing else. It is the least intimidating stable this side of Los Bariquas. Okay. Like, they're basically the fucking putty patrol on the Power Rangers. Since it's, it's topical with what happened over the weekend. Not fun. But anyways. As intimidating they're, they're as, the as, as, in, putty patrol. as intimidating as Billy and Chuck. Basically, I mean, like that was the only I watched the pre-show, and that was the only match that I didn't watch because, like, I, I I don't have it in me to invest any interest, time, energy, any of it into a, a factory match because there's no point. They're not going to go anywhere. They're not going to do anything. They're not going to win anything. They are just there to lose. Very true. But luckily, Smark, this was not the highlight of this match. Um, the match is over, obviously, or the highlight of this segment. Let's 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 put it that way. Since the match is over, um, basically, what happens is the lights go off uh, after QT Marshall's mic won't work. Which I was like, thank God, someone has a brain. <laughs> that was actually my favorite part of this segment. Even before the lights went out, was like Taz doing his best to try to put over QT Marshall, and then just laughing halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, come on, show QT Marshall. Like, ah, okay, never mind. <laughs> like, yeah. I see the I see the internet. Uh yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, the lights go off. They come back on. We got the red lighting in the back. And we got Julia Hart there in a hat she borrowed from The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. She drops her hand and the lights go up. So not only does she have the hat but she has the power of Undertaker. And next thing you know, the House of Black is in the ring. They take out the best friends, and the factory guys are cheering and laughing. But House of Black took out everybody. And uh, I kind of like the... uh, Buddy Matthews got a little bit of a new look. Um, Doesn't have the... Kind of poofed up the hair a little bit. Malachi's looking the same, but um, Julia Hart, I think, is... It, it looks like they wanted to come back to give her a real addition to the group. Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll see. She's... Uh, I like what they're doing with this group. I think this is going to be good. Now, we only have to think. The last time they had this faction together, they kind of dropped the ball, I guess. Yes. I mean, they basically like Miro kind of just ran shop on all of them and then they, they, they stopped using them and then they stopped booking Miro. So it's like that total waste of everybody's time. Who? Exactly. Mi- who, who, 
who, who, who, who's Miro? I've heard tales of him. Yeah. He, he doesn't really exist, does he? Nope. Well, pro- prophecies from the olden times. Mm, that makes more He's sense. A, I didn't think he existed. I just thought he was a myth. He's he's right up there. Him he's he's been making his comeback right along with like Awesome Kong and all the other people oh. that don't work there anymore. Joey Janela is going to be hanging out. He's he's forming a stable with Joey Janela. Oh no, no! Yeah, that makes no fucking sense. They brought him out when he first debuted. He was just his gimmick was that he was super into video games. Him and Kip Sabian were yeah. fucking Kip Sabian. He's not that he's not in blackout. Anyways, him and Kip Saban were like big fucking gamers, and he had like the dyed blonde hair, and he just he fucking looked like an absolute scumbag. And then they finally started doing cool shit with him, and they're like, "All right, well now that people like you again, you're off TV." Yeah, we got to get Ethan Page booked. Well, I, I I think what happened is Miro needed some time off to do his TV shows, whatever he was doing, and. um they never found a place for him when he came back. It's pretty much what it seems like. Yeah. So, sucks for him, but... Uh, I mean, to be fair, I would rather be spending time with that wife of his than being in fucking Poughkeepsie. Good point. Very good point. I agree with it wholeheartedly. I, I, I totally agree. But anyway, I guess back to this whole thing. Ethan Page, who we talked about earlier... Uh, versus a taped-up Ricky Starks. This was for the elimination tournament. This was the finals. Ricky Starks did end up winning this, which I think was a very good idea. And um, I got no problem with this. Ricky Starks was all taped up. The The whole point of this match, obviously, was he was selling the, the, uh, the damaged ribs. You know, Taz kept saying how, it's hard for him to breathe. It's hard for him to breathe. As Ricky Starks is going, <gasps> oh, he's breathing. He's breathing, Taz. Okay, we can see him breathing, Taz. Shut up. So, all right. So we get uh, the Ward Wardlow video, like I had said before, just kind of addressing everything. Now Wardlow's pissed off. Looks like they're going to start pushing Wardlow now. Oh, way to go! Now that the fucking iron is cold. <sighs> When I woke up the next day and realized I had lost the match, I was upset. <laughs> I was upset. Yeah, that was an odd promo. He's I an odd guy. I don't can do a motion. I don't know, man. It's like, you know, you got Wardlow, you got Brian Cage. They're just kind of two big guys who, I don't know. They're kind of the same boat. Really? I think Bordlow might have a little bit of that, like, psycho Sid in him, where, like, he knows how to cut a promo, but he doesn't know when he should ever emote. <laughs> I've got half the brain you do. Wait, no. <laughs> You've got half the brain I do. No, wait. That's one of the best Sid promos ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a real and I, I seriously mean this because they were for a while there that Billy Gunn got attacked and like Keith Lee was trying to figure out who was holding the camera and all that shit it would have been great if that was the reveal was that it was Sid and he was angry about all the scissoring 
<laughs> like it would have been a fucking phenomenal. Well, how do you think Arn feels about all this? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Arn's probably like, fuck yeah, scissors. No, he loves it. <laughs> fucking scissors, baby. I know what they're about. <laughs> I know what that's all about. Fucking Glock Anderson. Hell yes. Man, we made it through Glocktober without even mentioning that. It's a shame, too. They're underutilizing Iron Anderson again. Can you believe it was over a year ago when that happened already? No. It does feel a lot more recent. I mean, but really, it has been. It's been over a year since that shit went down. That's fucking nuts, dude. That's fucking crazy. Absolutely crazy. But uh, anywho, I guess we can get to the elite uh, versus Death Triangle. Like we said, we all know this is the uh, best out of seven series. Um, I Great. I, I love the entrance for the, uh, well, of course, we have the elite coming out. They look ridiculous, of course. Uh, then we have the Death Triangle, who great fucking entrance with these guys, man. I love the entrance. Mm-hmm. Standing in the spotlights. Next thing you know, Alex Abrahantes uh, comes out, and he's the fucking such a great hype man. He really is. He is a an excellent hype man. Um, and I I don't know, man. I see him, and I get fucking excited for the match. I'm like, yes, dude. I'm with you. <laughs> so, I actually have to since we're talking about entrances and. I do really like that triangles on trades. You got Pentagon looking like a samurai over there. That show is fun. I enjoyed me some Pentagon. I want to know what you think of the new entrance music. Because I feel like this is going to be divisive. I'm fine with it. Dude, entrance music helps, but it's not like what I fucking... I, I don't give a shit. First of all, I got to tell you, I'm still not used to the fucking AEW music. I don't know who's coming out in the first three fucking notes like I, like I do with or did with AEW or WWE. I'm still not used to it yet. So change it all you want. I really don't care. Music, to, I mean, entrance music can be shitty and I don't give a fuck. But I think uh, I got no problem with it. I don't know. It just it doesn't seem like it fit. And but then apparently, like back in the day when they had like a their backyard wrestling or whatever, they were first getting in the business. I don't know. Yeah. The the young bucks used that theme, used "Carry On My Wayward Son," and I was like, "You guys were never cool, were you?" <laughs> I like that like, song. And see, that's why I thought it was going to be divisive. Well, because I feel like it's like it's not necessarily a bad song, but I just think something about them coming out to it just seems corny to me. Whereas like that was like that was your choice when you're like, okay, we'll license a cool song for you to use. Well, do you think that song was a shot at punk? Second- Apparently not, because that's that's how I found it, because that's people were saying that people were saying that they thought it was a shot at punk. But then apparently, well, the, they had been using it for like 20 years ago when they were doing a fucking backyard federation. Well, I know. But bringing it back with the lyric, uh, there'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Uh... I see. See, I feel like if you really wanted to take a shot at punk, they would have came out to like, do you know the buff man? <laughs> uh, 
I don't know, man. I, 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 again, these guys are trolls. Anything they did that they did or do, I always have. I always think like they have this ulterior motive to them. So, I mean, it's possible. Absolutely. I mean, Jesus Christ, we got Omega with the fucking GTS tonight. You know, so anything can be fucking possible, I guess. I kind of just feel like they just, they've given up in terms of like coming up with good theme music for wrestlers, though. I feel like that's what's really going on. It's just like they just, Tony Khan's is kind of waving the white flag, just like if he believes in you enough, he'll just shell out some money to get like an actual license on, which I mean, isn't necessarily a bad way to go no. because like you said, they haven't really come up with that many memorable. Th- I, I thought Moxley's was good, his like in house music, but even WWE, like every wrestling company has this problem with like original music. It just sort of sucks. Yeah, very true. But I don't know, man. It's, uh, I mean, it's not that bad. It's just kind of odd how they just came out with it out of nowhere. But I like the song, I like Kansas. Like it's not a bad song, but it just, I don't know, something it, like Wild Thing on its own isn't a terrible song, but it's just not fitting. Just, I don't know. It doesn't work for me. No, that one I always thought was a little bit weird, but I also understand, you know, Moxley is a wild thing. And maybe here, I, I, I kind of think someone said you remind us of fucking Rick Vaughn from Major League. I don't know. I mean, he talked about liking the movie in his book. Oh, and liking go. that song, and Onita came out to that song back in the day, so it's all it all ties in. But it's still just it's a weird song to come out to. But he also one time like famously, there's a YouTube clip of him coming out to Sweet Caroline and just like loudly singing the chorus at the top of his lungs. Bum, he just bum, he likes bum. to have fun like that. Dude, that's a. I mean, listen, if you're at a karaoke bar, that song's coming on. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to do your bum bum bum. And after he says, good times never look so good. So good. So good. So good. (laughs) I was the drunk guy doing it with everybody. Yes. Yes, that was me. (laughs) It wasn't a karaoke bar. You just made it that. Oh, no, it was a karaoke bar. I've never been drunk enough to turn anything into a karaoke bar. I've only done karaoke once, and God, was I drunk. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was hammered. Well, okay. As a group once and by myself once. Mm. Yes, yes. We uh, we a bunch of us went out there one night and sang an Elvis song. Very nice. There was probably twelve of us. I don't remember if I actually sang or not. I know I was pretty fucking hammered. But anyway, um, speaking of hammers, in this match we did get the hammer. Craig Valentine. We'll talk about him in a little while. Hell yeah. We'll talk about him soon. Don't worry. Don't worry. Take it easy. Take it easy. But, uh, yeah, there was the hammer came out in this match. Now, Phoenix also did a fucking... He dove and did a flip. He dove through the fucking middle rope and did a flip. Mm-hmm. Fucking wow. I mean, it's mainly because he's just they've been doing trios matches and tag team matches and whatnot, so he hasn't necessarily gotten the chance to fully show off everything that he can do. But he, in my opinion, is, like, the best... High flyer, cruiserweight, however you want to look at it, in the game right now. Oh yeah, because he he does shit like that all the time. And then even like when they had uh, full gear, the fucking one of the young bugs like DDT'd him, and he like landed directly on his head on the apron. 
And if it was anybody else, I'd been like, "Ooh, dear." But he was. It's like, no, it's it's Phoenix. He fucking lands on his neck all the time. Yeah, bounce he, right back he, up. It's fine. He's made of titanium. He, just, he doesn't <laughs> get injured. Uh, but uh, good little thing here. Once again, the hammer was involved. Um, Matt Jackson was going to use it, but Penta was behind him, so he never got to use it. And again, you get Phoenix uh, once again not in, not really liking the whole uh, the way they're winning matches. So I hate to say, but I think there might be a little breakup coming down the road. But um, Death Triangle now with two count them two wins over the Elite, and me and Smart both agree we think that uh, they're going to take it, um, take the first three wins, and then. Uh, the elite's gonna make a miraculous comeback and sweep at the end. Yeah. Yep. I think that's exactly how this is gonna work. So I guess we'll find out next week, won't we? I feel like it's either one of two scenarios. I think the most likely one is it's three zero, and then they come back and win, or you get two two. So like you have them trying to win these two weeks, and the next two weeks you have the elite win, and then they trade wins from there. But I feel like three and three zero is the most likely way for it to happen. Yeah, three and zero, and then sweep the last four. I really, I, I yeah, I think that's the way it's going to go, or the last three really. So although it has to be four, you're right. I'm mm-hmm. right. well, I'm right. You're right. We're right. Always, never question. Excuse me. Anyway. We also talked. We already talked about uh, the interim championship being uh, not anymore interim for the women. Anna Jay and uh, Tay Mello versus Sky Blue, and Willow Nightingale versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hader. This wasn't a bad match. This was more to get Jamie Hader out there and to continue the still slight, slight tension between Jamie Hader and Britt Baker. Um. Britt Baker and Jamie Hader won, which I, there was no way your champion was, your newly crowned champion was going to lose that match. I don't even, don't think anybody thought that. And then once again, everyone's just making their own matches backstage. We get top flight and FTR just back there. Like, Hey, y'all want a match? Sure. Okay. And then there's a graphic. Like yeah, so which one of if they made their own match? Like which one of them learned how to use Photoshop? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't know. The one that wasn't Dante that gets injured all the time has a lot of free time. So maybe he was the one that he learned how to use fucking Adobe Illustrator, made him a match graphic. Took he, he took a class. <laughs> He's just in his wrestling gear at the community college. He had time for a class. He, he you know. Something he's always wanted to do. Yeah, he took a class. So, do you guys have any classes on just like how to not have your bones break? Uh, probably not. Um, probably like rehab classes. There, yeah, yeah. Uh, milk drinking classes. Calcium strengthens the bones, right? So, I'm, is that? I guess that's what Phoenix did. Then Phoenix is just fucking shotgun and milk left and right. I don't know. CM Punk needs some. His fucking injured ass uh yeah his problem was that he drank pepsi instead of milk so oh well you know when you get the tattoo you force yourself into that boy is chalked up on high fructose corn syrup <laughs> yellow dye number five shit like that Robo yeah all right anyway 
Let's get to this main event because we still have Survivor Series, which it's not going to. It's it's four matches. It's not really going to be the a huge review, but yeah. um, God, was it good to watch? Anyway, we get the acclaimed out there with Billy Gunn, of course. Billy Gunn, Smart, his hands are now untaped. Yes, he can scissor anyone anywhere that he wants to. Um, we're about to get a major scissoring going on. And then uh, Dirk changed his name. Dirk, you're a good man. Dirk didn't want to cause any static. I love it. I can love it. Uh. <laughs> All right. Mr. Dirk. I will call you Mr. Dirk, sir. Um, and then uh, right before we got a giant scissoring smark. Mm-hmm. We get Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh up there on the Tron because God forbid they actually come out. Anyway, this absolutely had to have been pre-recorded. Ah, you know? uh, yeah. yeah, because they, they start off by saying, oh, "You want to mention our name?" They did not. No, they did not mention their name nope. at all. And somebody probably hit that button a tad too early. I think you got a point there. Because no, they never mentioned the fucking name. Um, but uh, they're, they're they're on the screen, and once again, Jeff Jarrett walks in front and just starts talking, ranting and raving, which brought out a TNA sucks chant. I love Chicago. It was pretty great, yeah. Just so, like, it took a second for me to realize what they were chanting, but yeah, mid Jeff Jarrett promo, they just started loudly chanting TNAs. For like a minute, they chanted that motherfucker too, <laughs> which probably made Don Callis feel just wonderful. Mm. Ah, he's out of there anyway. He don't give a fuck anymore. That's true. He probably started the chant. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he was in the crowd inciting them. He was probably. I don't know if he was talking at that time. He was probably fucking leading the chant. <laughs> Meanwhile, somewhere in like WWE corporate headquarters, just a single tear came down Abyss's eye. <laughs> like I, I did the best I could, Damon. Uh, I do want to see this though, but the problem is that I want to see a acclaimed versus Jeff Jarrett. Mm. I don't really want to see Jay Lethal or Sanjay Dutt or. Tatnam Singer or any of that. I just want Jeff Jarrett versus the acclaimed. No, what you're going to get is Jeff Jarrett versus Billy Gunn. Yeah, I, I, I could take that. Again? I mean, we could have saw, we literally could have saw this match fucking 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, longer than that, it would have been 2002. So, yeah, you could have saw that in the fucking 90s. Fucking 20, yeah, 20, yeah, a long time ago. Jesus Christ, time is flying, Smart. I was going to say, you just have Jeff Jarrett, like, fucking, just for, like, a single run, have him bring in Curtis Axel. Just oh. fucking bring back the West Texas Rednecks. There you go. Could do that. That wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad. That'd be all right, I think. And only if they sing rap is crap. Well, of course. So that oh that oh see you were thinking, sir. Mm-hmm. That would be good. That would be good. Although I don't think you could use the word rednecks on television anymore. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you, you're definitely gonna offend people with uh, missing teeth. Can't do that. Not the key demographic. No, no. You're gonna offend dentists too. Uh, anyway. 
uh, after all that goes down and we get the TNA sucks chant, we finally get scissoring and Billy Gunn can finally scissor. Um, and Max Caster and Anthony Bowens just walk down, casually walk down to the front row and start scissoring like everyone in the front row. Mm-hmm. And everyone is obliging. No one is giving a fuck. You wouldn't even know COVID was around a few a while ago. That's right. That's right. Any one of those people could have fucking licked their hands. Could have touched the floor. Oh, got a floor in the arena. Anyway, um, it was pretty cool, though. And it was funny. For some reason, Billy Gunn is, like, just talking. Like, not... And they kept the camera on him for, like, a minute. And I'm like, why are they... Put the camera back on the guys that are fucking doing stuff in the front row. Billy Gunn is just sitting there, like, literally talking to, like, the cameraman or something. (laughs) And they just kept the... I don't know what happened there. But anyway, we get this uh, main event, which was an ROH main event, which I literally can hear. I haven't looked, but I can hear the internet already bitching. It's ROH ROH on AEW. I don't like your impression of music. I don't understand all this ROH on AEW. I want to see ROH guys. I don't want to see them. I want to see AEW guys. Jericho's an AEW guy. It's not the same thing. He's got the ROH title. Now it's an ROH show. God damn it. That was not an impression of you, Smart. Okay. Okay, I promise. Very good, very good. That's what I envision most of the people bitching about that looking like or sounding like. I do like that guy, though. You do? Yes. That was Billy. No, he's he's definitely like the kind of guy that's like gets mad that there's like one onion ring in his French fries. That was Billy Joe. Ah, uh, yes. That was Billy Joe. Billy Joe. And yes, Christopher Kent, they are trying to get ROH a TV show network. I, and and that's great. But again, it, it's not like they're having a new. I mean, it's not like we're seeing TNA guys on AEW. You're seeing AEW. Well, we saw Jeff Jarrett. Well. But well, yes, I know what you mean. Well, I mean, actually, though, it was like it was sort of want to be semantics about it. It was there's a Ring of Honor guy, which is Chris Jericho, I guess, versus a New Japan guy. So there's a lot for people who complain about that kind of stuff to complain about that kind of stuff. Right. But how can you bitch about this match? Dude, right. it was it, anyway, it was Jericho, the Ocho. Now, look at Jericho. He's got the red, you know, the ROH colors on there. And then look at Ishii's. <laughs> Still the AEW colors. So, and by the way, Ishi. I'm sorry, Ishi E. I, right. I, I swear they were calling him Easy E tonight a couple times. Ishi E and Easy E. Man, they should do an album. Oh wait, sorry. Um, Hell, where's where's this guy's neck? Oh, he doesn't have one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see a head and a chin. I don't see a neck. The neck would only slow him down. Okay. Question answered. Good match. Jericho retains. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I just... I, 
Look, I, I understand the complaining about the ROH thing. I, I get it. I do. I always try to understand the other side. I, I do. But again, it's Jericho. He's an AEW guy. He's been there since day one. What's the big deal? What's the fucking problem? You're getting Jericho versus a New Japan guy, and you're still going to complain? There's too much ROH on my show. Not a little bit of history together, too. They're saying that they were in war together. So, uh, exactly, but still, they put on a fine match. There's no problems. I don't care if it's for the fucking ROH title, the ABC title, the NBA title, the fucking NDA title. I don't give a fuck. It's the same fucking guy. You win the NDA title, but you can't tell anyone you want it. <laughs> it could be for the fucking UPS title for all I care. Ooh. You're seeing the same fucking guys. You're seeing Jericho. You're seeing a fucking New Japan guy. A, 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 a dream match for some people. We've got to have New Japan represented in America. Here it is. Quit your bitching. Right. <laughs> Quit your bitching. So, anyway. Um, that was pretty much... Oh, let me just... Uh, my wife is not here and telling me she's going to sleep. I should... Ooh, that was an, over an hour ago. Oh, well. I <laughs> think she's asleep now. A good night text is still a good idea, though. I understand what you're saying. I'm not going to complain about the match, but I also, because I enjoyed the match, but I also could not give any less of a fuck about the Ring of Honor World title at this point. And and it's not the Ring of Honor World title specifically. It's any of the Ring of Honor belts. Because until they actually, like, get their own show and they feel like a company again, it just sort of feels like that weird shit that they did in the WWF back in the day when they, like, they brought back, they had NWA Invasion for, like, three weeks it was like Jim Cornette and fucking Rock and Roll Express. And for some reason, we were supposed to care about the NWA, even though they had been dead for like fucking since Shane Douglas threw the belts and the trash as we established last week. Yep. I did. We talk, I think we talked about that this week. Like, I think that was tonight, Smart. No, because we were talking about Tyrus being champion. Uh, I asked that's that right. belt actually mattered. And you said the last time it did was when Douglas threw it in the trash. That's correct, sir. You are correct. Um, all right, so that was pretty much AEW. I thought it was a good Fallout show. It was a pretty good show. I mean, they, they the next pay-per-view is in March, so they have plenty of time to set the table. <sighs> I know, man. I, I like it, though. I like that the next fucking match is in March. Now, the only thing I didn't see, or the next pay-per-view, excuse me, the and they thing, are. They, they guess they have Winter is Coming as like sort of the big show that they're building to now. It's going to be like one of those special event shows that they have. It's episode of Dynamite, but it's it feels a little bit more special than you know your normal weekly show. Yeah, and they usually do that. that that's kind of their their Christmas show is kind of what that is, which mm-hmm. is fine. It's, that, that makes total sense. Winter is coming. Great, good idea. Now the only thing I didn't see, and I don't know if I missed it or it didn't show, was the. Incident between Jade Cargill and Bow Wow? Yeah, it was a little vignette. Or not like a vignette. It was like um, she confronted him after a concert or an award show or some bullshit. They showed like a little, like a minute long little clip of it or whatever. She got thrown out of a, I guess there was like a press conference afterwards that she confronted him at, whatever the event was. Uh, I could look it up, but it's really not that important. No, 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 and no, no. They, they made her leave. And then she like that because that was that that led into the Jade Cargill promo where uh, Keir Hogan got fired. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, you don't have to look that up. 
So apparently that's her next opponent as she's feuding with uh, Little Bawa. Great. This is all because he tried to say she was hot. Apparently, and, I, I don't even. I didn't even know what led to it. So you, you got more intel than I did. He basically tried to like uh, try. He hollered at her like "yo" or something. I, I I'd like to bring you <laughs> here. I don't know. <laughs> you see the Fonz? You just come by. Hey, hey, baby. Basically, yes. That's kind of what he did, and she. Turned him down, and I, mean, I, I believe she's married. Actually, I think she is. I think she is. So, all right, whatever. I, the, let's talk about Survivor Series. Since you said Howler, I just want to do it now. It's just like I wish he would have done like the guy from the Chappelle Show. Let me holler at you. Let me holler at you. Let me holler at you. Let me I, forgot I just wanted that. an opportunity to do that full transparency. Forgot about that. Mm-hmm. No, I, that guy was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Let's get into this because uh, I, I I wasn't even expecting to do this long of a show tonight. I was expecting to be right around now ending. But like mm-hmm. I said, this is a format show. There's not a ton to get into on this uh, show. Uh, once again, Nick O, since I can't pronounce his last pronounce his last name, asked us to uh, review the 1987 Survivor Series. And Nick, I want to thank you once again because uh, I don't think I've ever seen this. Number one, number two, I love watching this nostalgia stuff. Um, the crowd is so different. The crowd, it it's never quiet. It is never quiet in the arena the ring sounds different the ropes are so loose it's amazing did you notice how when like jimmy hart stood on the ropes how how low they dipped i really didn't notice the ropes honestly i'm glad you brought that up you watch this when, like, I mean, there was a Jimmy Hart was out there for every match, basically. So was Bobby Heenan. That yep. was my take. Was like they had him do every fucking bad guy promo, yep. like all of the heel teams. He had to be there for their promo, and then he also had to be ringside. Like that poor guy's feet must have been fucking killing him. They mm. had him out there in every fucking match. Like it was, it was pretty crazy. And Jimmy Hart, I think, was out there too. Yeah, for, for every match. It was great, but the f- there because there was one. There was the, the women's match. After the women's match, he fucking ran so that he could be a part of the pro. Because like he he shows up in the camera, like he runs into the camera shot, and he's out of breath. That women's match was something else, and I I Ventura's reaction to that women's match was fucking unreal. Yeah, Ventura was looking like he had never seen a women's match before, and was baffled by what they could do. I can't believe a woman could do this. Jesus. Meanwhile, it was like just a clothesline. I guess. holy shit, holy hell! Look at her, but uh, it was great. It was great. I loved watching this show. Um, I thought uh, four matches. Everybody, this was a four match show. It was about two hours forty five minutes, give or take. I have commercials on mine because I got the cheapy for Peacock. But um, same, same. Yeah, I got the four ninety nine. So it, it it really was about a three hour show, which I don't give a shit. It was a, it went fast. It was fun. I 
loved watching this. Again, it was 1987. This was actually the first Survivor Series. Mm -hmm. Actually, the first Survivor Series. So Ridgefield Coliseum. There you go. Closed down in 1994, September 24th, 1994. Really? That's right. Hosted a uh, Saturday night's main event, hosted the Survivor Series after that, and I believe it hosted the 1992 Survivor Series. Wow. Good stuff, man. Oh, this is one of the little things they had out. I don't know where this came from, but somehow we have exclusive tummy tickles. I don't, I don't know where that came from. Uh, obviously, this is from something to wrestle with. I'm joking. I know where it came from. I thought that was funny. Exclusive tummy tickles. Now, if you look at what they did here, uh, first of all, is that Conrad's face on Bam Bam Bigelow? Oh, Bam Bam Bigelow deserves better than that. You know what? Let's just go to this other picture. Like, he should have put his face on, like, Jim Powers or some shit. Here we like, go. Like, that's who deserves Conrad's face. Yeah, 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 yeah. This one's better. This one's better now. This whole thing revolved around Team Andre and Team Hogan. Mm-hmm. Now, Hogan's original team was going to be Ken Patera, Bam Bam, Hogan, Orndorff, and superstar Billy Graham. Trent. Billy Graham wasn't in, it wasn't in this though. I, they, I, I, did they explain what, why Billy Graham wasn't in here? Do we ever find out why I completely forget? Uh, I remember the reason, but I, I'm going to have to look it up real quick. I mean, I remember there, there, I don't think there was a reason given, but I know that the reason is out there. Well, okay. You go ahead. I think he had health problems maybe, but I think well, that's I'm what it was. It I think that's what it was. I think he was out cause he was sick or something. But, um, anyway, you look that up and just interrupt when you, when you got it. Replaced Billy Graham, who was scheduled to be Hogan's teammate, but retired due to his hip injury. Ah. He suffered a hip injury against butchery. Okay. There you go. There you go. So he was replaced with Don Morocco. That's right. So we'll get into that obviously in the main event. Um, but, uh, that was, some, that was some great stuff though. Um, so anyway, we start off that, but that was the whole thing. Now, remember this was right after they, uh, this was kind of the, this was kind of the fallout from WrestleMania three. Yes. Is what this was. You know, you had just had the whole Andre, uh, who had uh, turned heel right before WrestleMania three by ripping the chain off of, uh, Hogan's neck and, uh, stuff like that. So, this, the everything pretty much revolved around getting to that last match of Hogan, Team Hogan, and Team Andre. That's kind of where everything was revolving around. But this started off with Team Macho uh, was the first team versus Team Honky Tonk. That's right. I will forever love the Honky Tonk Man. There's nothing you can do to talk me out of it. Nothing. Nothing. I took. I started taking a little bit of notes. I eventually gave up because I'm lazy like that. But that was one of my notes because it started off with a honky tonk pro- man promo, mm-hmm. and it was funny because he called his team the greatest team ever assembled for the Survivor Series, and it was literally the first match and the first team. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, but then he, more than anybody else that was actually in the match. 
he dedicated the brunt of his promo to just talking about the various ways that he would beat up Miss Elizabeth if she were to interject herself in the match. Yep. Which is something that you cannot do now, but I enjoy just the same. No, I don't think I would try that right now. I don't think I would at all. But um, this was so, so, so fucking great, man. Him and then Macho uh, was out there. Uh, we had Macho's team, which was... Uh, I got a. I don't have a lot of pictures, but I got a few pictures. Um, look, look, look at Brutus back there, in the back mm-hmm. with the look, the eyes all big. And, dude, these were like the, the, all these guys were fucking coked out. I uh, seemed like, but I loved the whole thing of how these pre-match promos were fucking amazing. Every mm-hmm. one of them were amazing. These guys were all hyped up. They were all ready to go. Hogan looked ridiculous when he was doing this whole thing, but we'll get into that in a few minutes. <clears throat> I just, I, I loved everything about this. And, you know, watching Macho, Macho Man is just such a, a, a I mean, I don't even know the words. He's just so elegant in the words he used. And he's just a fucking amazing, amazing character. I just love it. I just loved it. But the first match was a five-on-five Survivor Series match. It was, uh, again, Team Macho, which was uh, Brutus Bar Beefcake, Jake Roberts. J- yes, a babyface, Jake Roberts. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, Steamboat and Savage coming down with Miss Elizabeth, obviously, who looked amazing. And then you had Team Honky Tonk, which was Honky Tonk Man, Dangerous Danny Davis, former referee, become wrestler, Harley Race, Hercules, and uh, Ron... um, Was it Ron Ron Bass? Ron Bass. I don't know how... Why? Jesus Christ. My mind blows. Which, by the by, I'm just going to hit this point right now. I I like Harley Race. Mm-hmm. Um, but I Jim Cornette and like everybody of that ilk needs to sit the fuck down with like making fun of like Eddie Kingston and Kevin Owens and shit. Like, look at Harley Race and look at Ron Bass in this match, and then like still just try to be like, well, wrestlers now look like shit. Like, mm, really, really? Yeah, you got a point. Like Harley Race at this point in time looks like he operates like a fucking amusement park ride. Like, he looked like he had just got done chain-smoking Newports before he walked out to the ring. And I like him, I will say that. I'm not trying to shit on the man. But he, he definitely had an old-school type of look where, like, as long as the arms are big, everything else could kind of fall by the wayside. Right. And Ron Bass just kind of looked, yeah. <laughs> kind of like a bass. Ron Bass, yes, he, he looked like a fisherman. <laughs> he looked like a bass. There you go. There That's you go. right. There you go. Um, look, great match. Uh, I, I loved everything about this fucking whole match right here. At one point, you had I. Uh, well, here you go. You can look at uh, old uh, Ronnie Bass right here. What do you think of that? There you go. You got Macho and Valentine, who Greg Valentine was never known as a body guy either. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> what a great hit right there. Great fucking hit, man. Uh, I, I just love this whole fucking thing, though, man. This was fucking all great. This whole match was great. And um, the surviving team was Savage. It ended up being Savage, Jake Roberts, and Ricky Steamboat uh, surviving that right there. 
It was kind of interesting because um, the, it was Hogan, like the first elimination, it was Duggan and Reigns, but they were both counted out. Mm-hmm. So the first elimination in the first match was a double count out. Yeah, you know, a lot of... Uh... You're right, it was Harley and, Harley and Duggan. And there was another count out that uh, kind of shocked me. Uh, again, I don't think I've ever watched this. And one thing I do want to put out, because I, I was watching it last night, and I, I thought enough of it to make a note. Jake Roberts hits a DDT on Danny Davis, gets a pinfall, gets attacked by Hercules to from behind, which Gorilla Monsoon refers to one of the greatest the terms in wrestling history on commentary he calls it a pearl harbor it's just wonderful gave him a pearl harbor job that's right yeah i wrote down in quotes pearl harbor job i was like i fucking love that i know that he said that before but it's just it's great to hear as it happens here's another one you probably couldn't say in 2022 uh probably not all right yeah it was uh pretty crazy um, but, uh, great match. Um, uh, it, 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 it worked. Uh, let's see here. You had, uh, once again, yeah, you had, you know, Harley race and Jim Duggan who were counted out. Basically hacksaw went after Harley race outside the ring. They got counted out. Uh, Ron beefcake eliminated, um, Ron bass honky talk man eliminated beefcase beef. Beefcake? What the fuck? A beefcake is an entirely different thing. Absolutely. Roberts uh, got rid of uh, Danny Davis. Randy Savage eliminated Hercules. And uh, Honky Tonk Man actually walked away. And I loved... (laughs) Go ahead, Smart. No, no. He he was facing a three-on-one. He was like, you know what? I like this. I'm out. Exactly. And I love that Jake... uh, Jesse Ventura spent probably half the fucking night trying to put over why and have people understand why this was a good move. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great thing. You uh, got to defend the belt every 30 days, Gorilla, and he didn't want to get injured. I'd walk away too. Three mm-hmm. on one, you don't want to get hurt. And then he just kept in, like, every time somebody f- risked facing him, uh-huh. like two on one, three on one, he's like, they're going to leave. Like and it was it was just obviously it was just how you thought did Yeah, yeah. Now obviously this was this was an early time. This seemed like it might have been Ventura's first time on the mic. Hmm. First, first commentary gig. Well, check it. Out. I don't know if I can find that. I thought I heard Gorilla be like, "What are you doing here?" Like he had never done it before. So maybe I don't know. I don't know if this was his first, but I I I. I I love Jesse. All I know is he's sitting there in a fucking pilgrim hat, and I'm going, this is the guy that's fucking, this was fucking governor? This guy? <laughs> this guy was governor. But uh, all great to see some of these fucking, uh, this old match and these fucking guys, and, you know, you're Harley Race. You're, for me, seeing Ricky Steamboat out there, always a fucking treat. So greatness to me. Greatness to Ricky Steamboat, so. All right, uh, we'll keep going a little bit from there. Uh, give me one second here. Let me just turn this up just a little bit. There we go. It's better. Um, but yeah, I always like seeing Ricky Steamboat. I've said before how much I, 
I love me some steamboat. So even before the Royal Rumble was a thing, he was doing the skin the cat spot because he got thrown to the thrown out to the outside. He caught himself. Yep. Yep. Great stuff there, man. Great stuff by Steamboat there. But um, after that was the women's match. Now, the women's match was, here we go, Fabulous Moolah, the Jumping Bomb Angels, uh, again, coming out of Japan, Rockin' Robin, Velvet McIntyre, and that was the first group, Don Marie, Donna, Cristinello, the Glamour Girls, Leilani Kai and Judy Martin, and sensational uh, Sherry with Jimmy Hart out there once again. Now, again, this match, first of all, was badass. Mm -hmm. One thing I noticed about the women's mark, I don't know if you did. Did you see any young models looking girls out there? Uh, No, they all looked like wrestlers. They all did. There wasn't, um, uh, you know, right here, you can see right there. None of them were really model-looking girls. They were out there. They were wrestlers. That's what they were. Jesse and Gorilla put this match over so much they couldn't believe it. How, how good these girls were. They couldn't believe how good they were. And, I mean, even after... Uh, there was a little scene, a little thing where it was just Jesse and Gorilla killing some time and kind of going over the matches that had already happened. Now, you remember that part, right, Smart? Yeah, they they basically just did a recap of like right. the matches that had happened already. They talked, to, and then they were talking about like the matches that were to come and shit like that. Did you look behind those guys by any chance? Not really. Not when they were doing that. No, there was a kid in a Hogan shirt behind them, Mm -hmm. right in the middle of those two, who just was on someone's shoulders or standing on a chair, constantly just kept doing the Hogan pose. He kept Ah. rolling through the Hogan poses, and it was fucking awesome. He took over. All I could watch was him. I, I should have made a little recording of it or something, but all I could watch was him. But... They really put this match over. And during the match, they put this match over. Jesse Ventura seemed like he was absolutely amazed. A woman could go out there and do what they could do. But after the, after the match, Jesse Ventura said it, uh, the Jumping Bomb Angels were like watching, uh, he said, like a macho man, a, um, a, a steamboat with, the, with their high flying. He was very impressed with the Jumping Bomb Angels who ended up winning that match. That was actually one of my notes was his jumping bomb angels are too good to be in this match, mm. which was like, I think it was like the first time I, and as far as I can remember, the first time I've seen them wrestle, they were, they're damn good. The only person that I was not impressed with and like, I, she, she's not bad. I've seen other matches, but like rock and Robin did not look good. That was two no. of my notes was terrible crossbody by rock and Robin, terrible monkey flip by rock and Robin. Like yeah. she, it's the first time I've ever seen somebody do a, like she did a monkey flip on Leilani Kai, and she didn't get her over all the way, so she had to like do like a sit up and then like use her arm strength to sort of like get her down, so she didn't land on top of her, mm. and it just it did not look good. Yeah, she she was flubbing up, but everybody else, Velvet McIntyre looked pretty good too. Meanwhile, did did did, did you notice something Velvet McIntyre did in the match? She wrestled barefoot. I noticed that. 
Yes. Did you notice that she did something that they called the big swing? Mm, no. You didn't? She, didn't stand out to me. She swung Judy Martin, and they actually called the move the big swing. Hmm. Yep. Watch it back again. I might have to. Just that one match, and you'll you'll see. She swings her, and they go, she's got her in the big swing. And I'm like, what? Yeah. True. True stories, Mark. She was the Claudio of her time? I guess so, man. But, uh, yeah, I heard that, and I was kind of like, what did he just say? Oh, that was another thing, is that the Glamour Girls, they look like they kind of belonged on Glow. Like, I'm not even, that's not a negative about them. It's just their whole gimmick was like, it just felt like it belonged on an episode of Glow. You're right. I, I totally agree. They they did. They were um, not as glamorous as I figured they would be. But uh, this actually ended up being a good match. And once again, the Jumping Bomb Angels did end up winning this match. Um, and I, I was shocked at how much the... Ventura just seemed like he was shocked that women could go out there and have a match like this. I mean, to be fair, consider the time. I know. Like they they weren't getting those kind of opportunities back, and it was 1987 in WWF. They weren't getting those opportunities. I'll tell you, Gorilla, these broads were good. Okay, <laughs> I mean that's basically what he said almost because he was like, these women can they do what the men can do. Well, I, I, he did, but then, I, like I said, after that, he was comparing them to Macho and uh, you know Ricky Steamboat, and that's a fucking huge compliment right there, in my opinion. Yes. So I, I he definitely they definitely put this match over, which you know, like you're saying, they definitely should have put this fucking match over. But um, I feel like, and maybe there's someone that does in the Indies, and I'm just not thinking of them. Somebody needs to bring back the fucking old school female wrestling attire, where they are like they're wrestling in like one piece bathing suits, basically. Like that needs to be somebody's look. Like right here, like like they were in this one. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of those in this match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, there was. That's pretty much what there. But I it, and Mula, Mula looked pretty young here. It was, and she was young here. It was 1987. Mm-hmm. So pretty. Uh, but really, was an energy. I forget who, but she fucking potatoed somebody. She did like a like a four, uh, like a almost like a European uppercut, just bam right in the face. I forgot who it was too, but I saw that too. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you missed a big swing. Anyway. I did. I was paying attention too. It's just I don't know. Just I might have drifted away for a second. Obviously you weren't, motherfucker. I know. <laughs> I was too busy making fun of Rock and Robin, apparently. That was my problem. I was I like, this bitch sucks, and then I, I missed a good move. Yeah, she's been through a lot. Let's not make fun of her. Well, yeah, I do remember that. I feel bad for her. That was the uh dark side of the ring was not kind. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm going to refrain from making a joke there. Um, yeah, yeah, I will. Uh, I, <laughs> I thought I, I refrained. I thought about making it, and then I refrained again. Uh, let's just leave it alone. Okay. Good job. Good job. <laughs> if I do that, you know it was not a good idea. Um, so let's not get us kicked off of anywhere. Anyway, uh, so once again, four matches. we got two matches left. This was a... Tag team Survivor Series match. So we got uh, 10 on 10, which 
was a lot of people in the fucking ring for this goddamn match right here. So you so had, they were all on the apron at once. Uh, like if you were there live, that had to have been a fucking bitch to try to see anything at that point. Oh, I'll bet. I'll bet it was too, man. I'll bet it was. So um but uh okay. Here we go right now with um the matches. We had the British Bulldogs. Uh just you know, it, it, it's weird to see Dynamite Kid now knowing what we know about Dynamite Kid. Mm-hmm. You know, how much of a piece of shit he was, what he, you know, how he treats women and it's kind of sad seeing Matilda knowing what they used to do to Matilda too. Yeah. But anyway, you had the British Bulldogs, which was Davy Boy and Dynamite. Uh, the Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair, Jim Brunzel, Fabulous Rougeaus, Jacques Rougeau and Raymond Rougeau. Strike Force, Rick Martel and Tito Santana, who Jesse Ventura referred to as Chico Santana. Try making that joke now, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Young Stallions, Jim Powers and Paul Roma. And uh, they were against the Bolsheviks, which was uh, obviously uh, Boris Zukov. Zukov? Zukov? Zukov. Zukov. And Nikolai Volkov. Demolition. Ah, fucking action smash. Uh, and, of course, the Dream Team. Dino Bravo and Greg Valentine, the Hart Foundation. Uh, Brett and Jim. Nah, Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart. And the Islanders, Haku and Tama. And, of course, we had Bobby Heenan down here. We had Fuji down here. We had Jimmy Hart down here. We had Johnny Valiant. We had Slick down there. This was a cluster fuck. But it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. There we go. There's there, there's a few of the guys right out there uh, right now. Um, and A quick takeaway just mm-hmm. right off the bat is... Greg the Hammer Valentine was 36 in this match, so he's literally just always looked like that. Wow. Like, he's just always looked like somebody's grandmother. Like a uh, gym teacher. Or, yes, or a lesbian gym teacher. I mean, it's it's specifically, it has to be. There's no no anti-sentiment behind it, but he just looks like a very specific type gym teacher. He always has, but at that time, he also... Looked like a wrestler. He did. I, I I think he did. This is what a wrestler looked like back then. Bleach blonde hair. Long. And not a ripped body. Look at... I mean, if you look at this picture right here. Look at Tama. Tama's got a, a definition, but he's not fucking ripped. You don't see a six-pack there, do you? I, this is going to sound vaguely racist, but I feel like just being Samoan, they get a pass because it just that's the body type. All right, you got Jim Neidhart. Okay, yeah, that's just that's drugs. You got both a demolition. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there's there's no defense to that, Brett. But that's the and that's what I was talking about earlier. Was like people want to shit on like Kevin Owens and Eddie Kingston and all this shit. Like wrestlers back in the day, they had big ass arms, but they still kind of look like shit. Exactly. I mean, look, you had your fucking, you know, you, you had your exceptions. You had your, I mean, Don Morocco looked like a fucking a, a god in that in mm-hmm. this fucking match. He looked like he had literally just done a fucking cycle the night before. Um, 
you know, but, but I mean, and, and you know, you're Hogan's and that, and, and you, they're like, but really, when you think about it, I mean, no, there were not, you didn't have many body guys. Look, Nikita Koloff was a giant motherfucker. Didn't have a six pack, but he was a big dude. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it, it was a different fucking time, a different body type, a different style, a different. And, and and let's face it, they didn't know as much about bodybuilding and nutrition as they do now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a big thing. But this match here, another just, I mean. I love watching these, man. I love watching these old matches. I love watching these guys work because this was wrestling. Like I said, the crowd's mark was never quiet. They were sitting, but they were always making noise. They were ooing. They were eyeing. They were cheering. They were up. They were, I I just, it was such a different time in wrestling and I mean 1987 a lot of these people were still thinking this shit was real sure you know one of them was in this match he was he's right next to Jim Neidhart right exactly and still thinks it's real to this day <clears throat> yeah so I don't know man but uh this was a fucking great match right here and uh it actually turned out that of course the uh uh this was team there wasn't really a team, but it was just a 20-man tag, so there wasn't You're right. a captain. You're right. You're right. And the, yeah, the Killer Bees and the Young Stallions ended up being the last two survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe the winners were the Young Stallions? That's right. They did the old mask gimmick where they uh, did basically twin magic, but they're not twins, so they both put on masks, and then the referee couldn't tell which one was which, and they got the roll-up. Uh, and I want to say Tama. It might have been Haku, but I want to say Tama. It was definitely the Islanders were the last team of the heel teams left. Right. Yeah. The Killer Bees, I think, ended up winning it by that, what you just said. So, yeah. What I thought was interesting about this mm-hmm. was, first off, right off the bat, Young Stallions, they looked like they had great great physiques, but they looked like, like if you bought, back in the day, the wrestling action figures from the dollar store. Where they just like they weren't any specific supposed to be any specific person. They were just like giant muscled up like clumps. Like that's what the young state they just look like two generic, just like they look like what wrestlers should theoretically look like, but they just look like two just giant generic jacked up dudes with no real defining characteristics. I just still couldn't believe that fucking Jesse kept calling Tito Santana Chico Santana. I, I <laughs> Jesse Ventura got visibly, like, noticeably bored during this match at some point because he just, I don't know, he was just like, yeah, the, the, the demolitions making the young stallions look like the geldings. Yes. And then there was, like, a rest hold or something, and he was like, hey, Gorilla, you never complimented my cool pilgrim hat. This is my uncle Ephraim Ventura came over on the Mayflower. He was like, you're bored as fuck right now, aren't you? Yeah, and <laughs> you're just doing your best to goof around. And he was also very quick to put over his movie Running Man, which he had just done with Schwarzenegger. Mm. Um, so and, and so you know, look, and obviously not his first movie with Schwarzenegger, Predator. Yes. So he put over his movie more than once. Oh, yes. And the other takeaway was I just sort of enjoyed how the heel teams is like all sort of agreed that like demolition was like the most capable tag team amongst them. Because it just like every tag team 
every one of the heels is like tagged out to a different member of demolition. Like they were the palate cleanser. Right. Get, like the Hard Foundation, then Demolition. Then you would get the Islanders, then you'd get Demolition. Mm-hmm. Then you get the British Bull, and you just, they just over and over again. Well, the guys with the face paint, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's get to this. I name. love Demolition, though. They, they had the theme, of course. I mean, you can't mention them without mentioning the theme. They did have the theme by that point. Fuck Demolition. <gasps> Lies. Listen. I like at least one half of Demolition. Listen. When you watch Pulp Fiction, they say there's Beatles men and Elvis men. Uma Thurman says that, right? Mm-hmm. There's Road Warrior men and there's Demolition men. I'm a Road Warrior man, okay? I'm a Demolition man, which I should I should be more of a Road Warrior man because they claim to be from Chicago, even though they weren't. But I feel like I but I just I always like Demolition more. Not me, sir. They had the cool theme. They didn't have a puppet. A theme? There was no puppet there. They, they, they looked like, they, I mean, they had fucking S&M gear on, and they still managed to look cool, And they, even though both of them were like kind of chubby older dudes. They still, they just, there was something about them that was neat. Oh, well, if, I mean, if you're going to go with neat, I don't know what I can, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I can uh, defend after the so I'll do you one better. We'll drive the wedge, the divide between us even further. I'll take Fuji over Ellery. I might right. agree with that. All right. Well, fair enough. I actually might agree with that. I love Ellering. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he wasn't bad. I'm not even trying to shit on him, but I, I like me some Mr. Fuji. But Fuji used to rib the hell out of the guys, even in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, I forget who told the story. Of Fuji, where he had a he he, he was going to pull Fuji's pants down, and Fuji ended up putting a ton of toilet paper in his ass. So when the guy pulled it down, just toilet paper fell on. I forgot who fucking told the story. It was on a U shoot. Uh, if anyone in the chat room remembers, please tell me. Um, <laughs> I've seen most of those. Nothing's ringing a bell. Fuji was a uh, was was always down to rib somebody. So uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I think I might agree. I think I might agree with that. Although I mean, if we're talking about just managers in general and everybody that was involved in that match, fucking Slick was there too. I always loved me yep. some Slick. Yeah, absolutely. Slick was good. I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm always gonna be I, my favorite manager is always gonna be Jimmy Hart. Always. I, I love Jimmy Hart. Always have, always will. I will never forget. You want to just, you briefly mentioned shoot, so we'll go there. According to Brickhouse Brown, that's a big caveat there, but according to Brickhouse Brown, Jimmy Hart likes to be peed on. He said that during a shoot interview, and I will never forget it because that is just a very funny visual. <laughs> Like him just like fucking with the mega like just the megaphone and nothing else, just begging somebody to pee. <laughs> Good for him. Hey, you know, it's tw- hey. No, I mean it wasn't at the time, but in twenty twenty two, do what you want. Everyone's got their thing. I don't give a mm-hmm. fuck. I don't care. But he's um, great on Legends House. He was. He was. And like I, I've, 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 for, I, I don't know why, but I've kind of always have a soft spot for Jimmy Hart. Um, and truthfully, if you the. the I don't think I've ever heard a bad word said about that man. Nope. Not one cross word about Jimmy Hart from anyone 
anyone who's worked with him, anyone who didn't like him in the wrestling. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say he's not a genuinely good guy. And he was one of Hogan's cronies. So, like, they, they, you could have found something to not like about him if he was an asshole. I mean, more than a crony, that guy's been with Hogan since the fuck, since the 80s. And he was the leader of the boot band. Yeah. Jimmy Hart's wrestling boot band. So, Jimmy Hart is a loyal Hogan guy for mm-hmm. uh, to this day. So, Jimmy I think Hart. I'd, I'd definitely rather hang out with him than, like, knobs. Do you imagine the fucking knowledge Jimmy Hart has? I mean, oh, he's, sure. He's probably got some pretty good stories. I don't know if he's ever done any, like, shoot interviews or anything. I don't think so, which is why I think everyone, one reason everyone loves him. But, I mean, he's been in the music part of it. He's been in the, the, the backstage part of it. He's been a manager. He's done Matt. He's done every fucking thing you can imagine. He's like a, 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 a not recognized enough fucking Jim Cornette. Yeah, he... He's like the the polar opposite of like just a historian, but just positive. Yeah, because he loves every minute of what he's done, and you can tell that. Mm-hmm. I, I I I I just I, I've never heard a bad Jimmy Hart story, a bad word about Jimmy Hart, nothing. Yeah, it seems like a good guy. So, all right, let's get into this main event. We're at about two and a half hours already. We definitely need to wrap this up. So. Um, I don't want to keep anybody. I know everyone's got shit to do tomorrow. And it's almost 1 o'clock for everybody. Not me, but everybody else. So, like I said, this whole whole Survivor Series, Mark, was leading up to Team Andre versus Team Hogan. Mm -hmm. The whole thing. All this whole clusterfuck in the ring right here. Um, Now, again, we had said that uh, Hogan's team Originally, we see it right here. Uh, Ken Patera, Bam Bam Bigelow, Hogan, Orndorff, and was originally going to be superstar Billy Graham, which, you know, Hogan always said he has the biggest arms, but if you look at Billy Graham and you look at Hogan, Hogan's arms ain't that big. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, obviously, Smark looked up why uh, Billy Graham uh, did not show he had retired due to uh, a hip injury. And um, we ended up with Don Morocco on there. And once again, Don Morocco looked like a fucking... Look at this guy. Look at those veins. Oh, yes. In that left arm. Look at that. All natural. It's absolutely natural. Just hitting that Ico Pro left and right. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. But... uh, Honestly, the only thing I ever, like, remembered him from was, like, they did that, like, fucking, uh, we were talking about Mr. Fuji, Fuji Vice. It was, like, him and Don Morocco were just hanging out doing, like, segments together for for laughs. Mm. Wow. But, now remember, they called this guy The Rock Don Morocco. Mm. He's laying SmackDown. Mm-hmm. On your candy asses. That's right. Damn right. So there you go with Don Morocco. But uh, this match came down to that. Now, again, I was talking about the pre-match promos. This. Why? why? <laughs> this was... That is the question. Okay. For those of you not on YouTube, Hogan has the Hulkamania uh, headband on. 
And for some reason, he has tassels hanging off of it, and they're dangling in his eyes. It looks like he's wearing a lampshade. It does. By the way, Ken Patera looks like your uncle who only listens to Quiet Riot. I don't know why I I say that, but he does. Makes sense. Yes, I could I could see him jamming to "Come on, feel the noise" all night and all day. Mm-hmm. But anyway, don't know why Hogan had to look like this, but he did. Uh, the shirt is stained with baby oil. Of course, it is. Look at it. There is baby oil stains on this fucking shirt. Yep. Yeah, it's in such a way that you can like see his visibly erect nipple, which well, is unsettling and uncomfortable for everybody, myself included. It was Thanksgiving, so it was cold. Uh, yeah, apparently. So <laughs> there you go, right there. Now I got a few pictures of uh, Team Andre here. We got Team Andre. Here you go, right there, Andre, Rick Rude, King Kong Bundy, One Man Gang, and Butchery. That's right. And Butch Reed. With uh, Paul Orndorff came down with, uh, uh, not Paul Orndorff, One Man Gang came down with uh, Oliver Humpernick. I thought that was Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam. I'm sorry. Bam Bam. You're right. You're right. Um, But uh, that's one I've got of uh, Andre's team right there. Andre was just still moving well at that time, which was a good thing. Um, but here he is. This is the actual picture of them right there backstage before they come out. Heenan, just a a god, a managing god. I believe One Man Gang was managed by Slick at the time. Maybe yeah. it was Butch Reed too, or it might have just been Butch Reed, but I think he was managing Butch Reed and One Man Gang at that point. Well, they did walk down together, those two. I, I do remember that. So maybe... But, uh, you know, you got King Kong Bundy back there. Uh, just a, a, a great team. Fucking, fucking like, like, like mainlining nostalgia here. But mm. uh, a great match. Now, a f- li- not too long into the match. Actually, Three minutes? 16 minutes into the match. Hulk Hogan goes after... I think it's one. Who who did he go after? Was it one man gang? He um. Oh yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. He body slammed uh, King Kong Bundy on right. the outside, so he was going after both of them, one man gang and King Kong Bundy. Right. And he body slammed King Kong Bundy on on the outside. Correct. And then he's outside the ring, and he gets counted out. Mm-hmm. Now I swear, I'm sitting there going. Don't tell me this motherfucker pulls rank and they just go, okay, you're not counted out. Well, they didn't do that. <laughs> no, but they had to threaten him. They did. I don't know if it was kayfabe or real, but he was just in the ring just loudly protesting. Mm. And they got like Howard Finkel got on the microphone and was like, if Hawk Hogan doesn't leave, his team loses. Yeah. And Hawk Hogan got bad and stomped off. Yeah. They were like, bitch, you don't leave. Your whole team is out of here. Yes. yes. <laughs> they threatened to turn the motherfucking car around. Which in 
in hindsight, they could have actually done that mm-hmm. because Andre's team, I mean, Andre won anyway, his team won anyway. In hindsight, think about if they had pulled a fucking quick audible and been like, you know what? Tell Hogan to kick everyone's fucking ass and get kicked out. <clears throat> Problem is they would have had tons of fucking time left over. So that wasn't going to happen, but that would have been pretty cool if they had done that. Just flipped it really quick. Knowing Andre was winning anyway, it wouldn't have been the biggest deal in the world. And they could have called an audible. Even to sort of go back a little bit, I want to rewind to something that happened like almost from the very beginning, three minutes in. That's what Mm -hmm. I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who did Butch Reed piss off? Because he was just gone immediately. Uh, yeah, Butch Reed lasted three minutes. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, the next elimination is eight minutes. So it's like it was literally double that. Yeah. Was when uh, Ken Patera got eliminated by the one-man game. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Which was funny, too, because I don't know if you caught it, but they're walking down to the ring. And Ken Ken Patera is coming out, and the crowd is cheering. And Jesse Ventura leans into Gorilla Monsoon and goes, I don't know why they would cheer a jailbird. And (laughs) Monsoon popped a little. That's right. I did hear that. Holy shit, man. Great stuff, man. Great stuff by these guys. But, um, yeah, it would, uh, you know, and then uh, let's see here. You had, uh, after those two, since you mentioned the first couple, Paul Orndorff uh, was eliminated by Rick Rude. Rick Rude eliminated by Don Morocco. Don Morocco then got eliminated by One Man Gang. Hulk Hogan again counted out. Bundy, Bam Bam, knocked him out. One Man Gang also eliminated by Bam Bam. And then Bam Bam was taken out by Andre. Now, Andre wins this match. Uh, Again, you still had Andre at his prime here. He could still move. He could still go. He didn't look like he was in excruciating pain um, anytime during this match. And actually had a good smile on his face at the uh, the end during this little uh, after promo that they cut. Um, Mm -hmm. Great. Great. Uh, Dude... uh, which look by the right way, there. Two, That's two things real quick. Real quick. I know you can see that. Look at that hair. Oh my god. Yes, look at the poof. Hair. I know oh, I know you can see my cursor and no one else can, but there is a poof on this girl's hair right above the announcer. You see a headphone right above the turnbuckle. There is a poof to that hair. 1987. Yes, this guy in the jean jacket. This guy is dressed up as Mick Foley before Mick Foley. What the fuck? Yeah, it's Rick Foley, his, his uncle. <laughs> wow, that's pop. Yeah, the, the lady you were pointing at, too, for extra clarity, her face is lit- directly in the middle of between the top rope and the middle rope. Yeah. Yeah, Rick Foley. Look it's at the own. guy. Is he not dressed as Mick Foley? He, he knows how to party. I can tell that much. Oh my God! Look at this guy. He's got the like red if Ken Bater is the guy that's listening to Quiet Riot. This guy is definitely outside of like a Blue Oyster Cult concert. Oh well, this guy beside him right here. This guy is definitely there with him with the beard. Hell yes! And Look at this they're guy. both trying to like just sell like bad weed to high school kids. And this guy is just like, what the fuck? 
this kid. He's like, what the hell is going on here? This is bullshit. That's right. And this guy's picking his nose. Oh, no, someone's picking his nose for him. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, this guy. Oh, wait, is that a guy? Uh-oh. That guy's absolutely a sex offender. The- <laughs> Without question. <laughs> He's on some kind of registry somewhere. I beg y'all to jump on fucking YouTube and see who we're talking about here. Uh, this picture. This picture is great. This is the 80s, like, quantified in a picture right here. Um, oh, this is beautiful. This is. Now, so I think you're about to bring up points, Mark, weren't you? I thought I was. No, um, anyways, it was the, <laughs> like, Bam, it felt nice because I always felt like Bam Bad Bigelow just sort of deserved more in general. Mm than what he got from the wrestling business. So it was cool to see him being the last guy on the phase team and sort of go through, well, he went through one man gang, he went through King Kong Bundy, he put up a fight against Andre the Giant. It was cool because he was doing like, he was basically just doing fucking action movie roles. Right. Like literally just doing dodge roles as Andre would come at him. And it was just cool to see him just like fire off three different like dodge roles at once. And it was, he moved really well. It was cool to see him out there just like, kind of putting up a, a valiant fight against Andre the Giant. Hog Hogan, mm. real fucking asshole. Because he, he like, Andre the Giant wins mm-hmm. completely clean. And after being threatened that they're going to stop the match if he doesn't leave, Hog Hogan comes out and just starts attacking him for no real reason. Like, he didn't match, cheat yeah. to win. He wasn't beating up Bam Bam Bigelow after the match. Like, he won fair, he won clean. And then Hogan came out and just started attacking him. And what baffles me is it was a babyface move. This was not a babyface move. Mm-hmm. You know, but the crowd, it, they had to send the crowd, the crowd off with a big fucking, you know, the happy thing with, you know, Hogan doing his thing. But after that is when the promo came on with Andre. Yeah. So it did make up for Hogan being a complete, as Jesse Ventura said, egomaniac and basically making sure the show ended with him being the focus. It really didn't because that last promo Heenan Heenan made that last promo so fucking great. And so special. It does. It didn't matter. It you call matter. him a sore loser, and like he's absolutely right. Yep, because it was like they, they didn't even cheat to get him counted out. He got counted out because he wasn't paying attention. Right, like it was nobody's fault but his that the team lost the match. Absolutely, absolutely, man, it was. And um, I don't know, man, but it, 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 I really felt that it, at the end of everything, Hogan tried to take the spotlight, but I think that Heenan, I think Heenan knew what he was doing. And I think he knew he had to kill this promo, which isn't a tough thing for him to do. But he did. And even Andre, you know, went out there and said some good stuff. And basically they said, listen, Hogan, just sign on the line. We're ready to fucking take you on. Just sign on the dotted line, you little bitch. That's right. So I really like doing these. Nick, if you have any more of these you want to get to us, number one, thank you for listening. And number two, thank you for keep uh, for offering us to do these. Excuse me. Please keep doing this. If you have any more, now's a great time to do it. Uh, definitely let us get these. But um, I thought this was a great show. I don't, uh, again, Mark, I don't remember ever watching this. I don't think I ever saw, saw this one. It happened before I was alive, so I hadn't seen it. Well, I was alive. I was 12. 
but negative three. <laughs> it was eighty-seven. I was born in ninety. So, and I, I don't remember seeing it because I would watch old tapes, like whatever it was at the video store, because there was that was the only option. Right. So just like any old wrestling tape that was I could find at a video store nearby, I would snatch up. But I don't recall seeing this either, honestly. Yeah. It's, uh... and, and one thing that like stuck out too though was like it was pretty interesting that they like nobody really interfered like there was no real cheating it was just if you lost the fall you lost the fall they didn't even really try to break up pins really right yeah yeah they didn't really anymore so it was uh I don't know man I thought it was a really just good it was awesome I thought this was awesome to watch I was so happy I got to watch this shit let's see I don't think I put this picture up yeah I did once. Yeah, but I mean, this was, I mean, look, look at the star power in this ring, Smart. Mm-hmm. Just look at this. You got Rick Rude standing there. I mean, not on the star power, but look at some of the guys who have passed away in this ring. Um, you got Rick Rude standing there. You got Bam Bam, Paul Orndorff, Don Morocco, fucking King Kong Bundy, Hogan, and Andre. And slick down there, threatening to pimp slap somebody. Literally, right. look, look, look at him. Look at, look at Slick. I want to go back and watch some of this shit, just because apparently, like, I was looking at some of the old cards, the Saturday night main event that happened at the Richfield Coliseum too. Apparently, there was a time when Slick managed the Iron Sheik, and oh. that just seems like the most bizarre pairing in the world to me. But I want to see it. Yeah. Now look, Slick literally has the pimp hand up. Oh yeah, yeah. It took me a second to find him, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. All right, yeah, right there by uh, One Man Gang's left leg. One Man Gang's left leg. Bobby Heenan, right there too. Bobby Heenan beside him in the old star jacket. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Slick's got the pimp hand up. He's ready to pimp slap somebody. Mm-hmm. But that ring has fucking amazing star power in it. People that we have. You know that that we talk about that we compare people to. Unbelievable! So I loved watching this. I loved the nostalgia. I loved watching it every minute of it. It went quick too, man, for a three-hour show. Yeah, it wasn't like watching Raw going. Okay, when is this over? It was good stuff, man. So uh, Nick, you got any more of these? Send them on over, brother. I love doing this, and I appreciate you given us these to watch and review. Um, what else you got, man? No, I think that about covers it. There was also a uh, vignette from Ted DiBiase talking about like oh. all the various mean shit that he's done to people and how he doesn't have to be thankful for shit because he's rich so you can like suck him, basically. It was the yeah. sentiment of the promo. That was great stuff, too, showing all the old uh, where he uh, took over the pool, where he knocked the uh, basketball out of the kid who was about to do it. Sean, I believe his name was. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- it was great. Th- th- Apparently the lady barking like a dog was Linda McMahon. Really? That's that's the scuttlebutt. And the kid that kissed his foot was Rob Van Dan. That's a known thing. But I didn't even catch that. That's apparently it's Linda McMahon. I mean, you can kind of, if you go back and watch... You can kind of tell because she has like the dead eyes, but she's super, super, super fucking tan. Like they slathered that fucking bronzer on her. I don't know why they did that to make us not recognize her, but um, 
All right, man. I think we should not wrap this up. We're at 248 right now. Sounds good. Um, everyone's got Thanksgiving tomorrow. Turkey Day. Gobble, gobble. Obviously, we've had the dancing turkey the whole time. Um, but uh, yeah, everybody, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us for this long show. No one's going to listen to this whole fucking show. <laughs> but uh, I stopped paying attention for moments and most of them weren't when I was talking. So. I, I get it. I get it. But uh, listen, everybody, thank you very much. Have a very safe and happy Thanksgiving. If you're traveling, definitely be uh, be safe out there. And uh, Smart, you do the same thing. And uh, that's about it, folks. So on that note, I guess we can say see ya. Adios. There you go. Have a good Thanksgiving, everybody.